Yo, how are you doing, folks? Welcome to episode 85 of the Simple Life Podcast. Uh, it's a wonderful little time of year at the minute. We're slowly creeping into summer. In fact, actually, by the time most of you are watching this, we will astrologically and I was going to say calendarily. That's a word that is not a word. That is the single most butchered bit of English literature I've ever um, yeah, stated thus far in my career. But you know what I'm trying to say here is basically we are moving towards the start of summer, the hottest part of the year. Actually, depending on where you are in this country, it is probably too hot for you right now. If you're a HPS grower, I feel very sorry for you. Do check out your local hydro shop and look into some LEDs because it's only going to get hot, folks. This situation is only going to get worse. Um, so, yeah, diversify the way that you're growing. Make sure that your self-sufficiency is not going to re result in something combusting, something setting on fire. Uh, you know, accidents do happen. And, uh, yeah, it's warm out there, folks. So do stay safe, stay sensible, and check out some alternatives for wherever you're growing. Right, this week's guest is kindly someone that has jumped into the hot seat because I had a last minute cancellation for a guest that I'm not going to tell you who it was. Uh, because <laughs> they might be back in a little bit. We don't know yet. We'll figure that one out as we go. Um, but yeah, today's guest is a small business owner, 420 artist, a kind of content creator from Wales. She is, <laughs> she is Buddy Berry. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to try and do a Welsh accent. Oh, it'll creep out with me the whole time throughout this whole recording. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> How are you doing, buddy? I'm good, thanks. But I had a nice hot bath, so I was ready for you, nice and clean. <laughs> nice one, nice one. Yeah, that's on the, that's the second page of the rider for all guests, must be clean. <laughs> Glad you read the fine print. Um, yeah, thank you again for, for jumping into the hot seat. It's just such short notice. Um, as, I say, as I say, I'm not going to reveal who, who the person was because it was kind of a last minute uh, delay with themselves. And uh, yeah, I'm kind of quite hopeful and fingers crossed, optimistic that we'll get them back in the future. So yeah, speedy recovery to, uh, to you know, who you are out there. Um, so yeah, obviously you can tell I'm very caffeinated this morning. I don't know why I've already had three cups of coffee in three hours. Nice. I'm number two, so I'll catch up with you now. A very chunky looking coffee. What you got in there? Oh, I got hot, hot chocolate powder in it. It's gross, but... Oh, so like, like a homemade mocha? Yeah. <laughs> my, one of my mates, absolutely. mocha, this one. I, it's basically, I had a hot... I really wanted hot chocolate last night. I was craving it real bad. And I couldn't be fucked to clean out my mug, and then it makes it all like chocolate <laughs> in that. <laughs> I like it, I like it, yeah. Nice. Save, save the planet, reduce the water. You know, uh, water consumption. <laughs> yeah, I like it's it. pinky, why not? Chocolate and coffee, isn't it? Mm. No, I must admit, it was uh, one of my mates who I ended up staying with for a while. He, yeah, sometimes says mocha in the morning with the little uh, chocolate milks, and he adds that with another milk and frosts it all together, and it's like, ooh, okay, okay. Oh, I was doing, saw on, um, uh, I saw on uh, someone's post that they, they've mixed, like, Biscoff into the milk and then made, put espresso onto it, just like Biscoffy, creamy, hot milk with the, yeah, with the coffee. It just looked incredible. I need to try that one at some point. Yeah. Yeah, that bis biscotti stuff, uh, the biscuits. I mean, they made it into a paste for 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 breakfast, like toasts and things like that. Man, and that stuff, geez, that's dangerous. That's kind of you put a bit on your toast and you have your toast and you go, I'll just stick a teaspoon in. 
stick your fingers in. Brown bread as well. Brown, if it's on the brown bread, it just makes it like extra. It's just so much nicer on like on like whole grit, you know, and it's got the seeds mm. and stuff in it as well. You've got all that texture with the it's just like you're eating a giant biscoff biscuit. It's so delicious. Yeah, man. Yeah. And actually, a lot of people make uh, some really good biscuit edibles that I've seen out there, actually. And then you just put like half a biscuit stuck in the top. And, like, the I got too cloth. excited when it first came out, and now I can't do it. I, it was like 10 years ago, <laughs> I became obsessed. I ate jars and jars of it, and I see it, and I'm like, ah, I can't. Yeah. It's really thick as well. It's like, hot. does it make sense so that it's hard work to eat? Problem. It's like peanut butter, yeah. You gotta yeah, really yeah. <laughs> hard work. It's a, it's a mouse workout. <laughs> I, su- I suppose it really needs to be because of the, the the calorie content of it. You know, I mean, you need to work it off. Uh, if it was like literally c- celery, to be a problem. You know, what I mean. <laughs> anyway. Oh, it's got me hungry now. Calorie or biscoff? Just want everything now. So yeah, calorie in the really much. Mm. <laughs> okay, I guess that'd be quite nice. Yeah, I mean, I mean they, they, they do put they do put celery. I was just thinking that you put celery in a what is effectively your alcohol namesake of a Bloody Mary. Mm-hmm. I do love that cocktail. It's a good cocktail. <laughs> is that anything anything to do with your your chosen nomic? Nom, nom- oh, I don't know. Do you know? I was I was just got stones tidying up my room, and I was kind of bitch at the time. I wasn't very happy with it because it was too aggressive for what I wanted, and it just it wasn't right at all. And then, I, but I was just pottering around my room, and it just popped into my head. I was like, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, <laughs> fuck, get that on the page quick before <laughs> someone else thinks of it. It's only a matter of time before it pops into somebody else's head. So <laughs> yeah, it was just a stoned yeah. Eureka moment. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to figure out what word I was trying to pull out my ass before. On your what? What word I was trying to pull out my ass before. I was just trying to say your chosen, is it Monica? I want to say Monica. And I, I can't even get the word out right out into Google to make me figure out if I'm correct. Basically, the word I think is an archaic term for name is what I was trying okay. to say there. Um, but no, that's, that's thank you for explaining the, the the root of it. It's it's always you see so many people with quite clever and pun based uh, names uh, for their social media accounts, and it's always nice to kind of find out you know where people's stories came from, you know what it was that kind yeah. of inspired them. I wish there was a cool story, but it was a purely just a popped into my head. It was one of those things where I was like, brilliant. I, would, I don't know. I don't even think I was thinking about anything beforehand. It was, yeah, literally like a click. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Quick, move on that idea now, now, now. Yeah. It's like, I'm either think it takes forever to think of something. It takes, you know, I get there and I really put, oh, it's just something like, a, oh my God, you've got to do that. Like the kind of craft fair thing. I was just, that was a wink, completely winged thing. So yeah, <laughs> it's one or the other with me. Hey. Um- Pretty much quite similar. Uh, when me and my mate were brainstorming names for this whole project and came up with the simple life, I was like, that is it. That's the one. That's the one. And it was immediately <laughs> like, yeah, we need to like grab all the social media accounts, grab all the names, make sure that that, yeah. that isn't anything else, you know. Um, yeah. 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 No, it's nice. I mean, it's something that you've obviously, you are strictly trying to hold on to because I, you have different like one, two and three of the accounts on Instagram. So I can't keep up with, get a message from this one, a message from that one. I'm sending a message back over there. It's unbelievable. I'm getting penalised because I'm painting cannabis leaves. What's wrong with you? I'm, am I really that much of a public menace? Do you know they banned Buddy hashtag Buddy Mary Art at one point? On one hand, I was like, 
fuck yeah, I'm on their radar that much. And then at the same time, I'm like, are you real? Were you going to get paper cuts from me? I'm not dangerous. Like, it's fucking artwork, people. You paint, you see pictures of poppies, you see pictures of knives and guns, they're all so dangerous, you know? But a painted cannabis leaf. Did, yeah, that, it, it, things like this really, well, I've just listened, listened to your other podcast, you, you're saying uh, Body Shop have got floor to ceiling pictures of cannabis leaves in their windows, but yet we're using the same terminology, we're using the same imagery and we're getting penalised, shadow banned and our accounts deleted. It's an, yeah. it's, it's ridiculous, yeah. absolutely ridiculous. It's not fair. It becomes a, it's a class thing and we know really. In, in, entirely, I mean, if there's any comfort out there, I think Body Shop did get in trouble um, for for their marketing campaign, or at least the the executive but decided Holland to kind of. Done it, Holland and Barrow have done it as well. Both windows, cannabis. Mm-hmm. So it's not just one. It's tre- Theresa May. I'm literally signing a bath now, and I, oh no, that was aloe vera. But it, you you can get tre- it's, it's, they've got the picture on the fucking box. Are we, are we allowed to swear? We're allowed to swear, I mean, yeah. Of course we are. <laughs> They got a picture on a fucking bottle, like, so it's not, it's bullshit, bullshit. Yeah, well, I suppose the issue there as well is misrepresentation, because a lot of these brands are using indica-type leaves to denote what they would then themselves claim to be the colloquial term hemp, Um, which would would then in the Western world express as much stringier, thinner kind of uh, leafed... um, taxonomy compared to, you know, these fat, beautiful, well-connected indica leaves, you know? Uh, well, well, I've learned recently listening because my partner's living soil um, in the and he's a worm farmer and whatnot. What I've learned recently is indica and sativa was just indica means it was a wild plant and sativa means we we planted it by seed. It was a so, yes, we, so, so, we typically put it in there, but say it's grown up naturally. That's indica and that's all it means. It's so in, nothing in, to in, do with indicouch or indica. You know, in, it's in, none of that. Yeah, sativa means something like uh, planted, uh, yeah. whereas the indica means of India. So basically, oh, oh, just oh, meant oh, if, oh, the, oh, if, oh, if oh. the indica types were basically from the Indian Peninsula, from the Asian Peninsula, rather, sorry, uh, and from India and through what became sort of China, Mongolia, the Hindu uh, Mountain it, it, But then you look at it, it the word indica is used all the way through um, all, you know, in all plant names, all of the biology is not, it's not strictly a cannabis word. Right. Um, so it, in when it looks, when you're looking at it in that sense, it, yeah, it means of, of the land or of the earth, I but believe. It's, it's basically wild, it's, it's not human yeah. Yeah. So base, basically, yeah. So of India is, is basically when the the hell was the book? The International Botanical, di- not a dictionary, like encyclopedia sort of thing that was put together by that Carl Linnaeus. Yeah, when you see the classic botanical illustrations, it's, it's basically from the, the book, isn't it? Also yeah. sources from there, stems from there. So then they basically, yeah, they then discovered and started to pull all of the cannabis types together. So prior to that, there were half a dozen different types of different subspecies of the cannabisi family and then basically Carl and his team yeah they pulled all the shit together and they went all right this is one overarching family of this cannabis sativa l and then in that they broke it down to indica ruderalis and sativa and they basically went the ruderalis was the, the truly wild cousin that was some hybrid in between your indica and your sativa and your sativa were basically the genetics that were uh, engineered or interfered with by man so that we then went, that one looks really good for fiber, keep breeding that and inbreeding it till it's just fibrous. 
that really good for seed production. We're going to keep inbreeding that until it's it's really good for seed. Do you know what I mean? And then so we took these different um, cultivars and then through selective breeding, removing them and taking them to different microclimates around the world. These plants, because cannabis is the single most adaptive uh, piece of flora that I think we have, frankly, in the world, um, the, that it just it then started to express itself differently. So different cannabinoid profiles were expressed, different amounts of ratios of the cellulose in the plant to then the fiber of the plant, you know, the, the, the shapes of it, the size of them, the depth of the roots, all of this would be adaptive to the amount of water, the amount of UV, the amount of, you know, exposure to other things, you know, what are the companion species are they growing with? All of these different factors then over generations altered what was all just cannabis into the expressing in different ways but when we can see this through if you then hybridize and take certain aspects of these now in a few generations you can get back to air quotes cannabis you know yeah. they're, start, they're starting to find all sorts of weird things like uh humboldt's freak show you know flat stalked broken leaves doesn't look like a cannabis plant but it's it's cannabis <coughs> excuse me um yeah I, there's an account that i was following i think it's still on this account but i keep getting deleted so i'm I'm trying to find those cool accounts again. And it's basically, it's pure mutants. It's all mutant plants. It's so freaking cool. It's such a beautiful plant. It really is magical. Um, someone when my partner follows, they, one of theirs has mutated and it was like the seed, the, the, the corner of the leaf had got caught. So it just started growing in this spiral and it looks like a Catherine wheel embodied in a leaf. Isn't, I've screenshot it as soon as I saw it. Well, that's screaming to be painted. So I've got it saved somewhere. So you can look forward to seeing that at some point in the future. But um, it was it's absolutely gorgeous. She did like, yeah, just looking at it, I'm just, she makes me weep. She's so beautiful. It's a, it's an ex, such an expressive plant. And again, this is for all, there's a couple of companies in the world saying that they have true F1s and all of this shit. Cannabis by her nature does not want to be stable. As I've said, that even in the microclimate of, say, a giant greenhouse, even having the offset of a few degrees of having a different, uh, what's the words, uh, height, do you know what I mean? Of having different exposure to the lights of different pressure in, in the, uh, the gases that are in the air, all of these things can then trigger that plant to express in slightly different ways, slightly different ways. So there yeah. is no real monocropping of cannabis without using CRISPR technology or without genetically modifying it or without in doing something that we as cannabis consumers, we as the cannabis culture and community collectively, globally, do not want to fucking happen. We want to explore the diversity of this plant, not imprison her and so mm -hmm. we make it express in five, six different types. Well, I don't of think she let us. I, I think she's got a strong enough spirit that no matter what we try and do to her, she can be like, you know, yeah, you can try this for a bit, but at some point I'm still going to do this instead. I think that's what you see with mass hermaphrodization, even through testing. So there mm. are people that do genetic testing that then still will go, yeah, this is a pure female will then still get hermaphrodization later on down the line. Obviously, it's like... like, 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 like <laughs> yeah, so it's like you get light exposure, you get triggers and environmental issues, but there's still... I mean, I've spoken this before with a few geneticists on, on, the, on the platform, and we've, I, just, I basically use the quite pseudoscientific concept of, like, awareness. The plant then goes, oh, this is quite a nice environment, this. All right, let's reproduce. Yeah, yeah. So, so it just <laughs> turns it on itself in the mm -hmm. same way that there are certain um, uh, aquatic creatures that also have a similar trigger that they basically will oh, assess, will assess the sex of the population and then switch to the other sex to make sure that mm -hmm. there is a viable population. 
I mean, you could probably. Yeah, I feel like it's the spirit of the cannabis. She's like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to give myself a swing. And I think the I'm other side. The, yeah, I think the other side of it as well, then the people that are then banking on cannabis for the wrong side of it, she then goes, you know what? Screw you guys. You, you guys are not good. You don't deserve me. You know, week week five, all of a sudden, I'm just going to, yeah, I'm just going to seed up. <laughs> Have some of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make some clothes out of me. <laughs> I mean, that's just it, though. If, if it was an integrated system, every part of cannabis at every point would be useful. Whereas mm-hmm. if you're growing cannabis purely for the bud and you then have it seeded, to you, that's a wasted crop. Do you know what I mean? Most people still run it through BHO or something else, or so they'll, do, they'll do some sort of run through it to get no, some, you, can some you can get so much out of it still. Of, of course, but the issue is that people in both the illegal, uh, sorry, the unlawful and the lawful market will look at it as going... I've grown it specifically for this one purpose. Mm-hmm. I and mean, if you're in the lawful market, you're not allowed. If you've then grown it for the sale of flower heads, you then couldn't then suddenly turn around and go, I'm going to sell it for extract. Do you know what I mean? It will have had to go through a different process. It has to be licensed and regulated in a different way. It then has to go to a different yeah. wholesaler to then be sold to a different market. So it's, it's, it's shitty. They're not really understanding how to utilize all of this wonderful plant of ours. I often complain about how the, the licensing in America means you have to get rid of the sticks and stem. You have to mulch it. You have to bin it. You're not allowed to then extract from it. You're not allowed to then turn it into fibers and other material or sell it onto a third market because your, your license you, isn't for it. We know we can make electricity from stuff like that. We can make, can we make the batteries from that as well? You can make, well, make, yeah, make graphene. No, you can make graphene. I mean, this is a, a cannabis paper. So this is uh, a cannabis paper injected with a cannabis graphene ink. Obviously, this has seen it. It's a better days now, folks. There's been <laughs> many events with me and uh, yeah, gone around. But basically, the concept is that then uh, on a material that then the graphene in this, this liquid form is then injected into the paper and it fills the, the, the space of it. That then when this is stacked and compressed together, it creates a supercapacitor. And so then mm-hmm. the, the space in between the, uh, the, the molecules that stores the, the energy is, is better um on con- on concept and model than lithium cell so then these these metal based batteries uh, these sorry these mineral based batteries that we're using that you know we're requiring children to go and go down holes in the other side of the world to get the materials to do so mm-hmm. can be replaced with 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 plants effectively you know what i mean obviously there is some sort of some issues with with scalability um but they they they're working on this through research yeah, now well, in, a, in a few pockets we can use if we were to legalize the biomass uh the gasification of the biomass would be able to be used to make electricity as well so we'd be able to make our energy we'd be able to sort energy energy yeah basically i've pitched the idea of this stuff this cankery if you infuse basically you can make uh with cannabis graphene you can make like a a rebar so you you could make a a rebar with the concrete to make then a building. That building then uh, you can use the graphene in the walls as conductive space to store energy. You could then attach thermal, uh, because of the thermal properties of the concrete, you could basically, yeah, theoretically, you could live in a battery that is also thermal, thermal regulating, that's flame resistant, pest resistant, mold resistant, water resistant, uh, reduces carbon uh, over its lifetime. And, and stores stores energy and puts that you can then like integrate solar powers panels more, into that, integrate turbines into it. Here, the more my mind blows, I'm all, I just ah, I, I, you can't like with every piece of information I learn about this plant, I fall more and more in love with it, and it, I get more and more angry about why it's 
keep kept from her. I'm so in love with her. <laughs> there are people doing these projects, not obviously fully as integrated as that, but there are people now 3D printing um, houses. You know, they use these giant 3D print machines that they go on a site and they print them. I think China holds the current record. They've got under 24 hours to print a house now, I think. Um, but they weren't using they weren't using plant-based polymers to the best of my knowledge but basically with with sort of yeah these materials is they're basically trying to design or certain companies are trying to design machinery where one machine goes onto a site and it builds a house and it builds a house and it builds a house and then the, the goal is if you can give it organic material to do that so you don't have to fill it with concrete or plastics or you know yeah. even even wood or brick or the you know old school building materials we could give it polymers we could give it in theoretically even things like mycelium with bamboo you know all sorts of these materials um and then obviously once you then use the, the polymers that are made from these 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 uh, plant materials you can then fuse them together to create like carbon fiber effectively that you see in like uh, race cars and stuff like that Mm-hmm. Um, but you see, then you've got the concrete, like the carbon fiber tile material, which is moldable. Um, you've then got, like I said, the, the graphene for the supercapacitors, but also graphene is its strength when it's it's uh, uh, built up. I think it's, it's 200 times stronger than steel, 100, no, 100 times stronger than steel, 200 times more conductive than copper. So it's basically the plant itself. That's that's some unbelievable what just that could do. If we could then like to integrate that with the technologies of solar panel. I mean, solar panel now we've got it at the point of there are uh, adapted models that fit it in glass in windows will there be will there be um stuff like, will there be um like seminars and stuff like this about this in product earth i don't know if they are doing stuff about a very good point uh, <laughs> so I, I'm I'm not, it... I didn't know about the whole living in a battery and, and these machines it's really like it's so interesting we, literally... to... all it is is that is it's a concept i wrote for weed world a couple of years ago and it was basically i wrote an idea of a few different bits of technology and it was just, con- just conceptual, entirely just conceptual. The other one is a self-sustained uh, desalinization plant. So obviously, at the minute, water is going to be more valuable than data, gas, oil, everything, anything in the world. Because if you don't have water, you're dead, basically. Uh, so desalinization is going to be a really important technology. So we've we've discovered that if you then build uh, these graphene pipes out of out of cannabis, right? When you run salt water over graphene, it generates an electrical current. So basically, if you then run the salt water through the pipes, uh, you generate energy to power a machine that then can desalinate. You need an incredible amount of energy under the current technology to, to desalinate, to take salt from that water to, to turn it into fresh water. Obviously, the vast, vast majority of water on the planet is salt water because it all goes back to the, 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 the water salt table, uh, the the, the the water table, which is salt water, sorry. My words are terrible this morning. Um, but yeah, if you then build one of these machines, and again, you attach it with things like solar panels with wave technology, mm. do you know what I mean? With 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 hinges between uh, generators, and basically wave technology is always going to happen. And so it's just creating kinetic energy into then actual energy, and, and it's all about then storage. We have graphene, again, wonderful storage solution. So you could build a thing that stores its own energy within it, that the water then running over the pipes to then create that fresh water, generates then energy energy do you know i mean it's all conceptual entirely as i've stated but it's as far as i can see there's no reason why you wouldn't seek to do something like that other than lack of profitability other Mm. than it would affect the investments of blackrock and vanguard and the other people that rule this world yeah that's pretty mind-boggling it's crazy it's like i said the salt water thing the salt water over graphene is a really uh curious 
natural response. There's a few things we're starting to understand of how you put base simple elements together and you get reactions that we're like, how have we got this far into our um, knowledge base and not really understood this? How have we like evolved this far as a culture, as a species? And there's some really basic things that we're, we're missing. I mean, if you look at Nikola Tesla um, and you look at what he discovered with alternating currents, you know, they, he was able to send electricity in the fucking 1800s across the Atlantic without wires, without cables. And yet we're still trying to figure this shit out nowadays of how to put all this this together. You know what I mean? It's like we've, we've, yeah. we've missed the point here. Like this hundred years of us criminalizing cannabis and this hundred years of us advancing our technology, they're not mutually exclusive. Like this one has been harmed with the absence of the other. And I think we're starting to be aware of that now. Mm -hmm. Because you yeah. can look at the proliferation of microplastics. Like I said, if we'd have looked at plant-based polymers, which is what they were looking at back in the day in the 30s with Henry Ford and that, remember the first uh, body kit, uh, body for the uh, T Ford uh, motor car when they moved from steel was a composite of soy, cannabis, and flax. And it was no a, way. Yeah, so there's a famous image of him hitting it with a pickaxe handle and him literally like that, just bashing the back end of it, and it does nothing. And it was wow. like, I'm probably getting the numbers wrong here, but I think it was something like a uh, 1,200 or 2,000 pounds, using American weights, lighter as a body between the first steel construction and the, this composite body one. And basically his concept, and again, he was working with uh, that uh, Rudolf Diesel out in Europe, and the original diesel engines, these combustion engines, were going to run on uh, these plant biofuels. So they were looking at sunflower, they were looking at cannabis and flax. They were the main seed oils and bioethanols uh, that they were looking at to run on these machines. Basically, they wanted to put that engine in these plant cars and use the fuck, use nature to make these machines. Mm -hmm. Whereas then the criminalization of nature, you know, people in the, the, the copper barons at the time, the, the people involved in, in, in timber and steel and, and energy and especially uh, oil and the boils at DuPont, et cetera, they put all of their money into fighting against cannabis, against what was then, you know, they knew the power of hemp at the time. They just really gearing up around the hemp for victory campaign around the Second World War. You know, they were using it for gunpowder. They were using it for uh, for vestments. They were using it for, you know, for food source. They were using it for all sorts. Mm -hmm. Well, when uh, when Henry VIII was when Henry VIII was getting divorced, he was putting, um and they separated from the Roman Church. He was broke, so he turned to hemp. And to uh, enter cannabis to make his his money. Well, I, can't, I can't remember where I heard. I'm sure it was might have been from your set. That, someone was on a megaphone at one of the protests. So I was listening to them. And it blew my freaking mind. That that will be Trev Coleman because he loves his history, as he likes to say that the uh, separation of Henry VIII and the creation of the Church of England was the Brexit of its day. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit obviously contentious, I suppose. The, the common history that we are taught is that Henry wanted to divorce his first wife and have another wife. So therefore he decided to take on the Pope. Whereas if you look at kind of some alternative uh, narratives within history, basically Henry being quite a gluttonous individual, quite a like me, 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 I want shit, you know, dominance and all the rest of it. Kind of like, why the hell are we paying, you know, the, this chunk of cash towards the, the Vatican. Why is this holy man in charge of my country thousands of miles away? You know, you had all, all the different issues across Europe at the time. And then, yeah, basically the Church of England is created. And this, as you say, means that we lost protection as this little island. 
of the Vatican. So then we lost sort of certain taxes coming to all we had to pay a tax towards. We would then get certain grants to help run the churches and everything else. And this then created a very difficult period in history. And yes, part of that offset was cannabis, which at the time in old English, hemp, but will have been what we now know as cannabis. It won't have been under 0.2%. It's going to be any any of that shit. It'll have been the plant expressing itself. But the cannabis is at the time will have been called hemp in the in the common language. You know, this is a hundred years before the unification of the word cannabis from cannabisi and the uh, Germanic and the um, sort of Mediterranean roots of the word of cannabis, you know, like comes through Greek, etc. Um so, so yeah, so that hemp was then this valuable resource because it was an incredibly uh, important food source, you know what I mean, being a complete protein, uh, being mm -hmm. a really great uh, mixing, what do they call it, gruel. Um, so a real base food source that could keep people going, you know, like animal feed as well, incredible animal feed, uh, highly productive, great yields as well, because it wouldn't have been the hemp of today because it had more THC. It will have been a healthier, stronger plant bigger, much larger, more biomass, more to work with, more beneficial return in terms of uh, the the flowers and the oil. All of that soil would have been unharmed by all of the crap we put into it now. So it would have been so rich. Exactly, exactly that. And like I said, the, then having these larger cannabis plants that will have been probably more average around 1% THC will have also created an incredible uh, diversity within the local ecology. You then look at the uh, cannabis plant, uh, the studies that came out of Colorado, and they found I think it was 23 different subspecies of bees that benefit from cannabis as an as a agricultural crop because it's a late source of pollen um, in the season. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? So it allows the colonies to last longer, which allows the, yeah. the longevity through the seasons. Um, and then, yeah, you look at it all the way down to the depths of the roots. So then what actually that does is it creates a huge uh, benefit to the microbiome. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and then you have then all of these worms, you have everything down to the bacterial uh, balance in that. Everything is, my, yeah, my is breaking everything down and the roots are uh, like highways, exchanging the information between the upper world and the lower world. And they're pumping down all of this, this yeah, good goodness into the ground. And yeah, so the earth will have been richer the people will have been fucking um better off with it but like i said it was the trading of the crop that was what made it invaluable so cannabis as an, as an international trade was fucking huge because it was all the sales all the rigs you know it was used for oils and lacquers it was used mm -hmm. uh in burning in lamps and also it was hundreds thousands of uses so it was mm -hmm. a really important crop so basically henry the eighth stated that if you had over I can't pull the numbers out of my head, but I'm just going to use it, say arbitrarily like four acres. I think it was something like a, was it a quarter of an acre per, over this arbitrary limit, I think a quarter of an acre per X amount had to be for the cultivation of cannabis. Mm -hmm. and, and then as part of that offset is you could pay your tax, which obviously everyone had to pay tax, especially at this point when, when, when the king was taking back control of the lands through, via That's the church. Me then you could pay it with weed. Yeah, you could offset oh. because because the well, it was then... That'll be like the future, innit? <laughs> I have to go back to the future. <laughs> yeah, it was stated in the same way that we, we had for a period in the... Was it the 18th century? 19th century. Quite recently, basically, there was a period where it was mandated we had to have a stock of a year's worth of tea. This country was never allowed to have less than a year's worth of tea. And basically, under the same thing was, was Henry VIII's concept, but it was the same. You had to have one bad year worth of product, which is pretty smart. If you're a grower at home, you know that as well. If you have one, you, you always want to not be relying on that next crop because if you have a bad season, bad growing cycle, you know what I mean? It, it could could fuck you up. But yeah, that, I feel that, like I'm having a full on full school day here. We've had chemistry, 
and science and now we moved on to history <laughs> we're going back we're getting on to a little bit of biology as well there <laughs> i just wish i knew, knew more about this stuff i'm the same as you it's sort of expressed so, so i'm literally just sat here like all morning listening to you talking already but in re- i get to do it in real life and ask my own questions <laughs> <laughs> i'm always talking to you but you don't answer back normally so <laughs> I really, really, I'm not just seeing people watching, talking to me. I mean, when I'm listening to the podcast, I'm like, ah, yes, that's a good point. Blah, 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 blah. No, no, I was going to say, (laughs) yeah, I was going to joke there and say, you've probably got more chance of me responding on the telly than your messages some days. Because my. You've already answered the question. I I get so into it. Like, especially when then I haven't you listened to them before. I'll listen to it over. Mm. I end up standing up from, yes, for fuck's sake. I'm getting like really angry and wound up. when I first heard you and James, you you're you the James episode, but yeah, I get so I'm like full on standing up, like pacing in my living room, like those fuckers. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah honestly, so some days I put my headphones down from this and I'm walking into a quiet house by myself and like yeah. ah, ah, just literally just so much so yeah. calm down juice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, although, as we noted, uh, as I noted with uh, the Melanie Sykes episode, what I typically do in that moment is think, I'll go have a coffee. And I get hyper as shit and I go, oh, I need to calm down. I'll have another coffee. Uh, <laughs> get caught get in that caffeine cycle. Morning, I'm like, why am I shaking? Uh, oh, yeah, I should stop that and just have some more CBD. <laughs> yeah. It's all about that balance. all about that balance. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, but yeah, I, honestly, I don't know half the shit that I know until my brain comes to say it. Do you know what I mean? I, I, so I often have the expression, is like, I don't know what I, I think until I've heard myself say it. And that's so part, I, part of what this po- this podcast is, is I've learned a lot, I read a lot, and I take in a lot of information, but as soon as it's in, as soon as it's in it, it's you're having the conversation. Yeah. Like, I've been using cannabis for 12, 13 years, something like that now. Yeah, 13 years, maybe 14 years. Since I was 19, I'm 20, I'm 33 now, uh, 32 now. So well, yeah, that's 13 years. Um, and sometimes I think, oh, I don't really know that much, but then I start having the conversation, oh, I'm talking to people, people ask me questions, and, and the conversation, I'm like, oh, fuck, I forgot I knew about that. Oh, oh like, and it's, you know, it's like stretching a muscle. I'm like, yeah, you, you're exercising it, and it comes back to you, and I'm just, uh, yeah, some of the stuff sometimes come out of my mouth, and I'm like, ooh, yeah. But then, as I said, sometimes, I'll, like, because of the whole neurodiverse thing, on one day I can do something, on the next day I can't do the same thing is really, really annoying. <laughs> no, sometimes I feel you there. Feel you there. Um, right, let's actually go through one of the questions. <laughs> I just realized, I did actually write, write a lot of questions, so we've just got to power through with half an hour of all kinds of sidebar there, which is very good. Like I said, it was a very good educational lesson. I do enjoy um, remembering things because <laughs> that's, that's what it feels like to me. It's like I said, I've the stuff goes in, then it's like I put it on a shelf. It's like I'll, I'll get that when I need it. Mm-hmm. But these conversations are always invaluable to me. And then I go, ah, and then I put, you know, <laughs> I always put that edge, that information, and making sure it's still there. And you're it's dusting it off and putting it back down again, and then I put it on a different shelf. So then I put, <laughs> put it on a higher shelf so I can get to it easier next time. With all the other information that you've accumulated yeah. with that topic, and they're like, oh, fuck, that goes over there. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because that's actually how. Um, they're starting to discover through studies of LSD and, and neuromapping that we rec- they reckon that's what people do. So say, if you then think of sitting, your brain will put all sitting things together. So 
things that you can sit on, things that you have sat on, things that you like to sit on. You know, all, <laughs> in all kinds of, on. <laughs> yeah, but in, it, it's it's so such a diverse thing that it, and you can see it in quite a high end LSD experience when you get that cognitive confusion. And so you've got to say a word and a similar word comes out and you get this kind of, uh, they used to call it like a hyper, what do you know? Uh, what they used to call it? Hem- hemispheric connection. They used to it's call it. And now I think it's a type of something. And it's basically like a, the connectivity of the brain is just so on point at that point. There's so much information going through it that it's linking to all of these other different things. So that's not just one way. You're then thinking of like, say, sit is then a three letter word. Your brain's then going, what's the other three letter words? And then as soon as you open that, you open that up. It's like your your brains are like a snowy hill and you go through these paths and every time you're going down the sledge, you go carving out those paths deeper it? and then put, taking psychedelics is like putting a fresh layer of snow on it so you can go through new paths to get to the same, you, yeah. to make those different connections. Your brain starts to forge newer and stronger pathways. Yeah, it's really yeah. interesting. So it's yeah. so... We really need the yeah regulation and and, and decriminalise it or rescheduling so we can get more research into it because this we're there barely getting our toe and it's already is, just like this, this is the thing of it psychedelic research is there mm-hmm. it is there I've got book upon book I have met people that started in the sixties and never stopped they may have mm-hmm. been criminalised but they were pushed underground these these tools have been studied infinitum there's a reason you've now got uh, multi-international conglomerates investing and putting themselves onto uh initial offerings and ipos to then get public money and beyond stock exchanges so they're then selling proprietary products such as psilocybin and ketamine you know what i mean they're now moving into mdma and dmt they're not doing this because all oh, we need more no they've had the research they've done it look at john hopkins look at um the imperial college in imperial college in london look at these academic institutions that have worked in tandem with governments around the world to criminalize the common man for using it while creating data sets that they're going to use to sell us back these drugs at an inflated rate just look mm. at the six grand uh, per treatment infusions for ketamine that are taking place in bristol and london in this country do you know what I mean? Whereas yeah. look, look yeah. at the way they'll look at a ketamine user at a festival. Look yeah. at those two different worlds. Yet the drug it's is the, the same. Again, it's, it's no that different. Class thing, isn't it? It's the totally. It's a class war. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tarquin can afford it. Well done, Tarquin. Yeah. <laughs> but this is this is it. But the thing is, they want that situation to continue because then it's a maintenance drug. It's not about giving you enough to have the divine, the mysterious, the revelatory experience for you to have the difficult trip, the bad trip, the experience that sets you off on that next part of your life. You know, people like Steve Jobs, you know, um, uh, what the hell's the other guy who came into my head? No, he's gone. Um, but basically they attributed within the top five experiences of their life, their LSD trips. Bill Gates was the other one. Bear in mind, they've had kids, they've done all these projects, they, they run these co- companies and all the top five experiences, meaningful and life-forming experiences. These sort of clinics and these settings, I fear don't allow you to have that or they, you have that, but in a controlled experience that you're then put into this hyper-vulnerable aware state and then guided through your experience into their outcome, in, mm-hmm. you know, via... Uh, their dogma via their belief via their own understanding of what is god of what is life of what is, is nature what does it mean to be human do you know what i mean whereas 
the organic experiences of us having, you know, paganistic rituals of us taking mushrooms around fires, of, you know, friends tripping together and going into the woods, of people, you know, on beaches and doing whatever. At the whatever. same time, wouldn't, you could say that those, your friends, you say, like, the first time I'd done psychedelics, I did it with friends who had done it. So would the same things be put on there would it be their ideas of how the trip would go would it be their ideas of God, all of those things that you just said that the medical people are doing in, in so, a way in a way yes but there are much we better have the opportunity to go and do it by ourselves then and get get that yeah we do yeah, it first, it's your first well yeah exactly your first experience should be with others you, mm. you, yeah you should someone to hold your hand which is you so, somebody you love, someone you trust, that then when you go, there's, there's fucking dragons, or you, you're tripping the fuck yeah. out, you're having a difficult experience, someone go, it's a drug, you'll be fine. Talk mm -hmm. you through it, take you away from the stimulation you're struggling with, make sure you've eaten, make sure you've, you've got some, something in your stomach, make sure you've... you've yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you need someone that has that experience, whereas these clinicians are not going to have had that experience. They're not going to have had five trips and had to have built themselves back up, you know, hugged a toilet for 12 hours to try and get through and falling off of the bathroom floor. You know, they haven't, they haven't yeah, had yeah. those. And again, the bad trips don't exist. The bad trips are you dealing with your trauma or dealing with the unpackaging of the unconscious. You're facing the shadow self, as yeah, Jung, Jung would speak of. You have to face that shit. There is no coming to enlightenment in a nice like oh this this flowery lovely field of meadows of loveliness no it's the only it's thing not. achieved in the comfort zone is you stay comfortable exactly and so this is what i mean about them trying to then keep it too safe too sanitized too hygienic i mean i'm in conversation with a couple of people from clinics to try and get a guest on at the minute uh quite a, a big name doctor um but i don't think because they need approval from the company and i don't think the company is going to approve it because mm. they're not going to want them to have that conversation with me publicly do you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, fuck, they're not letting me have that conversation privately. And again, I'm not meaning to, to chastise or demonize or lessen anyone that's had one of those experiences. If it has worked for you, then bless you. Good for you. But your right to access that shouldn't be predicated on us being criminalized. If you have the right, we all have the right. In the same way, if you have the right to pay some fucker for a plastic tub of moldy weed, for you to throw that moldy weed away, put some good quality homegrown weed in and walk around and be safe everybody should have the right to be safe it, it, this this bullshit system of again it's classist the even the conceptual idea that some people should have and others shouldn't is by its nature class we've all got an endocannabinoid system yeah no one's born without one so we should all be entitled to these bloody plants that do us good but they can't even accept that we can't have consensus from them about the endocannabinoid system because again the admittance of that basically then it would make negates. that would make it all moot well we grew we've obviously evolved side by side with it then so we if we're meant to if we've got receptors for it if our body literally has receptors for it well, there's, there's no reason for it to well, be illegal and kept that, from it that's then a uh a, a scary argument for some people especially even in the cannabis community because your body also has opioid receptors you also have the receptors to be able to ingest things like dmt do you know what I mean? Drugs. Well, we make, yeah, we make it. So this, so this is the the point is that then all substances, all of these chemicals, anything, any altered experience, to criminalize it is wrong. Mm. It, it is entirely wrong. Look, I, I last night for some reason about half seven went. Yeah, I'm gonna go climb a giant hill in Yorkshire. So I got in the car. You know, I rolled a huge, nice, lovely joint, made a, a cup of coffee in a flask. 
drove to Yorkshire, climbed a fucking <laughs> hill, and what and watched the sun Are go you down. Not in Yorkshire already, then? No, I'm in I'm in Durham, so it was a good it was a good 55 minute drive. You know, because <laughs> I, I just it was the weather was nice. I wanted to just head down. You fancy that hill right now? <laughs> it, it was it was worth it because as anyone that's seen my Instagram a day, I found I, as I landed on top of the hill, there was a guy cutting a kid's hair. He was doing a promo for his barber shop. And the kid was sat with a cape on and a chair, and this barber was cutting the lad's hair. So I've done a really nice picture on my Instagram. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, again, look, that that's odd. That's weird. Do I mean not not in a negative way? Not in, I, don't, I don't mean weird as in to be pejorative. No, it's weird as in un, unusual, exactly. But how is how? Sketch. Yeah, so what's the difference between that guy going and his kid going? Oh, I want to climb this hill. Oh, we soon I need to get these promo shots for this new barber company. And me go and those two behaviors. What is different? Why is one criminalized, demonized? Why am I a bad person for the cannabis? And why? And why? Why is it that everyone that walked up that hill, that side said to me like, "I can smell weed." Or they said something quietly, and then once they saw that I was smoking a joint, they never mentioned it again. But everyone that walked up that hill giggled to themselves. Oh, look, this guy cut hair. And that guy was allowed to interact with them, was allowed to giggle and joke with them. I yeah. obviously interacted with anyone that, that spoke to me, but the people mm-hmm. who were just like under the breath, like, oh, it stinks or whatever. The, but the, who's the difference? There's hair, human hair blowing around in the air from this kid getting his hair cut and me smoking a joint. I've sat slightly out of the way. But again, even though nobody said anything, the prejudice of the situation because of the law would be that, I'm in the wrong. I'm creating pollution or dangerous drug smoke. Yet the what's what? But at the same time, if that hill had a sign that said "No alcohol to be drunk here," and you were sat there with a can, they still wouldn't bat an eyelid about it. They wouldn't be like, oh, "Look, it says no no cans." And usually, they'd probably be like, "Well, why fucking can't he smoke? Have a can there? I was going to say smoke a can there. Why can't he have a beer there?" Like, oh, that's, I'm me. Gonna, that's making me. I'm gonna enjoy my beer in this nature. Oh, fuck mm. you! I'm gonna enjoy my weed in nature too. So that like, just made me. Don't like the smell. Well, some people are really smelly, and you've got to sit downwind of them. We got to put up with that. Some weed smells like bio, so you can that, smell my herbs. But preference, <laughs> preference, preference of something in a public space, something created by somebody. Your mum will say, "You don't don't point at strangers. You don't say things like that." or a decent parent will at least try and teach a kid that you can be curious of an oddity or something that is unusual, but there is an etiquette and a way to approach that. If you see somebody with a mal- maladaptive uh, facial feature or a, a deformity or an, uh, or an, an uh, amputation, there, there are eti- uh, ethical and, and decent ways to approach that, that you can interact with that human. Don't otherize them and go, no, do not the thing, not the thing, but don't also equally point at the thing and go, the fucking thing. Mm. There's a there's a spectrum in yeah. between, and that is decency. As that's respect. That's what I believe that I I was taught that there's we all share the commons open space. That if you want to come, yeah, and respectfully have a couple of tinnies. If you're only going to take your rubbish and fuck off after, fine. But then I would expect you to keep under a certain decibel level. In the same way, if I was there, I would my people do the same. My friends, my you know, it's yeah. we share that space, and there should be that that common respect to it. And I think that the war on drugs means that it creates this concept of those that are allowed and authorized and that are fine. And so this is how you end up with things like, look at Ascot, this year's fucking Ascot and the day of the races for the ladies. 
the pictures from that look like a fucking war zone. Women in like the metal blankets, you know, those foil blankets and shit. Oh because of how hot it was and how much alcohol they drink and the sheer volume of cocaine that culture is now consuming. But then the papers, were, all of it were jokey headlines. But they had these pictures of like, look, literally looked like a war zone and they were just... I remember binge drinking and so when I used to watch the new year, my parents have it on at breakfast time and I remember seeing it like almost sensationalised the Britain's binge drinking but we're uh, it's yeah it's it's embarrassing it's a point it's of pride it's a point of pride though that's how we rank ourselves rank ourselves hierarchically in our culture how much blow can you do how many people have you slept with? How much can you lift? You know, how much do you make? How many cars do you have? Do you know what I mean? It's, it's all bullshit metrics. The only mm. thing that we should be measuring ourselves against is who the fuck you were yesterday. Literally, become conscious of yourself, your own behavior, and then go, what do you like? What don't you like? Do more of the things you like, less of the things you don't like, and adjust daily. It's as simple as that. And you'll find that, yeah, in a week, you might not have liked what you liked last week. In a year, you might be an entirely different person. Mm -hmm. That's normal. That is the fluctuative experience of humanity. Natural evolution. Exactly that. Yeah, it's in the same way you watch, look at our most beautiful of plant. From that tiniest of seed, she grows, and then there's a few, few little sprouts, and you're like, what is this? You know, no, no discernible features. And then from that, boom, come out that first set of leaves, and the third, and the nodes, and she just powers up, and that's you. You are growing to that point and if you do it right you will flower and you will flourish and yeah one day you will be cropped and the people around you will get to enjoy the fruits of your labor whether that be the money that you've left the resources that you've left the things you've left your kids your family the work you've committed to the world the charity that you have done you you that's the point of it is it not we're here to give something not mm -hmm. to take it yes the plant again she needs nutrients she needs water she needs light she needs love. She needs a little bit of a breeze to strengthen those stems. Do you know what I mean? She needs a bit of a defoliation, a bit of bending, a bit of trimming, a bit of work and love. And we're the same. And we're the same. So it's exactly that. And I believe that if you tend to the roots, if you look after the plant that is you, that your 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 yeah, that your bounty will benefit everybody. That whoever you are, whatever it is that you are meant to be, that is what is most beneficial for us. And I cannot tell you what that is. You probably cannot tell you what that is. You have to go and find that, discover that. You have to fuck up a thousand times to stand up a thousand and one to, to walk forward and, and figure out who you are. It's a difficult, yeah. dangerous process, but fuck, none of us are going to figure it out once. Nobody just rolls the dice and wins straight off the game. This game is not designed that way. Anybody that tells you is lying. Anyone that says they're self-made and they've created this, and no, they haven't. No mm. man is an island. Some may be peninsulas, but no man is an island. And I mean that as in human. Mm. We still haven't touched a single question of our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens with two, because I, I don't know about, obviously you've got neurodivergent. That's exactly what I'm going through at the minute. I've got another button. You can have a little button, as well as your little button for your, allegedly, you need to, so when you can do these things, you can just go, come on. Can I be the voice for it, actually? Can you record it? ADHD. Every time you're like, sorry, gang. Beep, 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 beep. Let's yeah. get back on subject. This is, this, <laughs> this is why these podcasts, some of them end up so fucking long. It's like, I want to ask one question. I've got two hours. All I need to do is two, two hours, one question. Yeah, it's the new one. Wonder from one thing to the next. <laughs> it's good, though. But this, it makes it much more organic, though, because, again, like, 
as we said before, I don't know what these conversations are going to consist of. I do a mm -hmm. bit of research on my guests. Obviously, I write down some questions and I have a few things that I want to bring up with them. Um, but generally, it's just it's a conversation that I would want to be having anyway. And it, sharing it in an intimate way with then this ever growing audience and then building with that kind of a base of knowledge between us all. Because, I mean, if you look back at the first episodes, the stuff I probably have said then is it's, it's factually incorrect now. Times have mm -hmm. changed, and, then, and I constantly try to reconnect and bring on previous guests and try to always make sure the information is as up-to-date as possible. Because yeah. I, I, it's that information, that knowledge is power, you know, that we can really form and shape our own our own culture um, with this. So actually, I suppose we'll miss some of the earlier questions I was going to ask here and just jump straight into uh, in the UK events, because obviously I think between us, we've, we've covered quite a hell of a lot of different style events across the country um, over the years. And yeah, I just wanted to get your thoughts on kind of what you like, what you don't like, uh, what you like to see more of, um, that kind of thing. Um, well, the first first ever one I got, went to, got to go to, I think was High Life in 2019. Um, and I was like dipping my toes into this, I hadn't discovered this whole world, like I've joined Instagram and found the whole cannabis scene on there. I was like, holy shit, there's, there's people doing these things, these events and whatever. Um, and uh, it, it was awesome. And I got to go to the hemp and CBD expo. So I got to see and on, in the same year. So I got to see almost like both sides of the coin, you know, the, the, mm. black, the black market. Oh, I'm still here. Oh, the black, uh, the, the the black market, you know, the underground scene, um, and what they're doing, and I got to see the legal scene as well at the same time, and it absolutely, it just, it was mind-boggling. I thought it was, I don't know how did it, yeah, it 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 blew my mind. I've said it so many times, um, like during this podcast, but uh, yeah, I, you could see there was there's there's so much room for the two to meet, um, and we're sort of starting to see that now, but we need we need. Um, I think you touched on it before. We need more educational, <laughs> a bit more education brought to these, and a bit more awareness. Um, and as you, I think you said, that these events used to be more pot protest events before. I didn't get to experience that, and unfortunately, I seem to miss all of the blooming protest events. Or I went to one in 2020 that was happening and supposed to happen in Cardiff, but me and my partner and one other person were the only people for this event with our little signs and we still did it nice <laughs> and we went and got some nice food and went home so we still had a good day out but um yeah uh like uh i think is it product earth last year was my was the, the best experience for me it was like the mothership calling me home <laughs> to see all of that out in the open and to to be talking about it and to feel not feel like a crit you know the, when the high vis people walking around with the dog the dog handlers you weren't like oh my god it yeah. was it was they were trying to keep us safe not yeah, people exactly. safe from us um and it was it was like holy shit there was a point where um on the sunday i was like oh my god are they going to be waiting for us when we leave is this a, is this a trap the ultimate setup, yeah. <laughs> is this a trap they know and they're going to try like yeah and i had that panic moment and i stuffed everything inside my little buddy here <laughs> um but there's the, the, there needs there still needs to be more of the product is meets the 
black you're the underground scene where you need a bit more education like you're 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 now you and cbd james with his testing are turning up at the events and we need cbg to cbd james there with his delta 9 analytics testing we need more people like him um making sure that this stuff that is being sold is safe for human consumption that's what i'd really like to see happen um when it comes to all this um because i was nearly hospitalized last year because of some really bad cbd um, product puts flour and hash so that's on the legal or the you know gray area legal area of it all the, I mean, that was the tea the cbd tea the, yeah. the, 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 and i was nearly hospitalized at a block salivary girl and but I'm, I'm i'm actually shaking right now talking about it i don't know if right. you get this when you stop talking like i'm so I had a block salivary gland and I ended up looking like Jabba the Hutt. And I, I, at one point I woke up at four o'clock in the morning and I knew something was wrong. And I looked in the mirror and I opened my mouth and you had little flappy things underneath your tongue. Yeah. They were sticking out my mouth and I thought that was my tongue. But my tongue was like, it was, it was oh my God. so weenie. And thanks to CBD James, I would like, he's, I've listened to that man to like, you know, you know, yeah. If he tells me to be careful of something, I'll, I'll be careful of something. We need more, more of him. We need him sponsored. We need more of people like him doing that testing. We need yourself there educating. Um, and would, I think all of this, especially while we're still illegal, it's, you know, it's still, there is still illegal cannabis and legal cannabis. We need, uh, you know, all that bullshit. We need more education at these black market events. We need, uh, sorry, black, you know, underground events. I don't want to say, because it sounds really naughty, you know, like knives are on the table and stuff, but it's not. Le leg legacy, it's legacy, legacy is the, uh, the, the, the kind of accept, not accepted, but the most used colloquial term in sort of uh, Canada, America, and sort of coming out of Australia and basically anywhere that's uh, got, got an advanced market, modern market, uh, then yeah, they say uh, some of them are starting to catch up this thing as well with lawful and illegal in that cannabis isn't illegal. Um, cannabis is oh, unlawful. Yeah. It's, it's unlawful. Unlawful misuse of yeah, it. So all of these events that are doing that, we need we need the education. Mm -hmm. We need more CBD there, which you are starting to see, like smoke on the water. Where there was uh, there was CBD uh, brands there. There was and like I was there. I'm an artist. I had my stall there, but I don't think you had artists and stuff like that and CBD brands turning up. They were the CBD brand next to me. And even though I don't think he had a very good day sales-wise, he still had a lot of conversations with people. And that's what we really need is people having these conversations. Yeah. And to, and unfortunately, I think there was the company that was next to your stall. He said that he was taking, I'm not going to name brands. He took the, he's taken away the cannabis leaf out of his logo because he's working with schools. He wants to separate himself from the drug mm. The drug, you know, and that I know we need the hemp and the CBD to be cannabis. We need it all to be under the one umbrella because we can't be demonizing one side to promote another. It's not, it's with it's just gonna put us back in, in the dark. We're gonna stay here in our with our legacy market. We're gonna stay here being being naughty if we're not bringing it all to the into the light, you know. We keep some of this in the gray, it all needs to come with us all together. We, yeah, we, we can't be separating the two right now. We need more education, more awareness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I agree. And I think you, you stated before that, obviously, unfortunately, you didn't quite get to go to the ones we used to build them as protestables based off the uh, the legacy of Vivian McPeak out in uh, Seattle. Oh. 
ran a hemp fest. And basically it's a, a composite word basically of protest and festival. And so mm-hmm. if it's festival is, you know, you know what a festival is, it's a <clears throat> celebration, it's a vibe, it's a, it's a whole, it's a, it's a whole like carnival atmosphere of things, you know, uh, showcasing a certain uh, subgroup or topic or thing in this, in this instance being sort of cannabis and the protest obviously being then uh, showing, uh, show, show, sh- can you move somewhere else please? I can't, I'm getting distracted. So the ADHD brain's getting sucked into his conversation out there. That's all right. Um, and so, yeah, so the protest is then, yes, you are bringing these people on mass and they are committing a civil disobedience by consuming cannabis, but you're also then in some way allowing cannabis to be traded. You're allowing um, a showcase of what post-prohibition uh, the world could look like. Mm-hmm. So, so I very much took uh, a lot of inspiration from that with uh, from Vivian when we put on the Durham City mm-hmm. Cannabis Club events. So we took over a public bit of land. It was always the point of it was to be public. That's the protest element. Everyone can be arrested at any moment. The point is that if you get a hundred of you there, they will not touch you. If there's yeah. four of you and you're acting like dicks, they will mm-hmm. destroy you. But strength and unity, you present with maturity, you articulate your your demands, you know, you present public defense, isn't it? They're, is they're the, yeah. they are public servants. They're supposed to be working in our best interest. So if a hundred of us want to be come here and behave and have a nice time together, civil, you know, in a civil way, then we should be allowed to. Mm-hmm. And this is what then created the the postcode lottery. Is this then started what 2017 uh, was when we put on our first event, and then obviously there were other events going off around. Uh, prior in the years prior um, but that sort of 2017 and 2018 there were a hell of a lot of events and the majority of them were on public land the point of it was find a public space get everyone together and people traveled we traveled from all over the country I mean I went to events three four nearly 400 fucking miles away you know what I mean we went down to like Plymouth and uh, Exeter and that um, and so it was always about supporting each other that everybody turned up everywhere. And yes, mm-hmm. the police turned up a few of us, quite often myself and Trevor and others would go deal with the police and we'd have the conversation. And nine time, 99.999% of the time, the, the police would be like, well, leave by the time you leave, we'll come back later and check on you. And they, they don't really care. The point is that you have each other's back and you're not looking like you're doing something dodgy. Whereas mm-hmm. my issue with a lot of the new events it's this kind of if you know you know no face no case gang gang attitude and yes that part part of culture exists within cannabis and i i understand that and i will fight for that i will literally go to prison to protect you your your right to do that but that is only an aspect of the industry in the same way that the grannies wanting to get high or them just want to get well and wellness over here and your your agricultural here and your supplement everybody we're all a part of this giant thing called the cannabis culture and not one of us should be prefaced over the others. Everybody should be given the same opportunity to move forward. That Where one gains an inch, the others go, here's exactly how we did it. And we had yeah. that mentality for many years. But then something happened. Different organizations were formulated. Some organizations fell apart. And then these events ceased. I mean, in Durham, for example, we had a big issue with, with, with the cops. They turned up with some dogs and threatened to basically raid the event. Um, this then led to obviously conversations with myself and our former chief constable, which resulted in basically some of the best advice I've been given from a police officer in my life of just uh, a, a reiteration of the understanding of how language works and what public means and what private means. Do you know what I mean? And okay. So basically, public 
the police have an, a duty of care and, and, and a necessity to act. So if they're given a call, somebody in this public space is doing X, Y, Z. Have to get down there. Oh, God, nearly knocked it over. Have to get down there, have to deal with that, have to resolve that situation. Whereas then a, a situation in private, it just doesn't have to be prefaced in the same way. It, it can then be put on a lower priority. It can be passed on to somebody that then when they arrive at the private space, they then can't enter that space because it's private. Whereas yeah. if, so, if you're then at a pub causing a disruption and the landlord rings the cops, cops don't have to knock on the door and go, can we, can we come in? It didn't walk in, it's public. Yeah. Whereas if it's your house and your mate's pissed and you're having a bit of a problem and you ring the cops, you can then still refuse the cops' entry to the house. Obviously, yeah. I'm not going to... If you want to ring the police, that's your own business. It's <laughs> um, that's, I personally, I think, uh, yeah, I've made my opinions quite uh, well known, so I'm not going to further state them here. Um, but if you feel the need to, if you are forced life or death situation, if you had to, in that, you still can refuse them entry when they arrive or whoever is at that property. There is other ways that make it difficult. They would have to seek permission from the uh, the landowner from the uh, either a tenant or the uh, the owner of the property or the space whatever it is and if they cannot then get that they then need a warrant to enter that space to do that they then have to go and get it work get it signed by a magistrate they have to get a desk sergeant to verify it and run through a whole system of accountability for cannabis they will basically not do that unless it's evidence-led so we were able to get away with some quite big private events that I very publicly uh, advertised obviously with a big giant A3 poster campaign that we did across the northeast in Yorkshire. Um, but it was just enough of skating that language that they, they accepted the arguments, they accepted what we were saying. And whereas I think nowadays the events have become a bit too underground almost for their own good. And there is a certain, uh, I have a certain perception, we'll, call, we'll frame it this way, I feel I perceived the scene right now to have a couple of oppositional forces within it. There are people that seem to be deliberately trying to sabotage each other's events, whether that is ring fencing vendors and saying that, you know, you, you vend at our events, you're not allowed to vend at their events. Um, you know, people uh, basically finding out when somebody is putting on an event and then themselves putting on an event that weekend. This is the opposite of the ethos of what we had prior to COVID. We would have a coordination. We would have the higher admin pages and a few of the different social media spaces where people that were involved in organizing these groups and these events could coordinate and go, oh, is yours the third? Oh, shit, right, we'll make ours the 10th then next weekend. Yeah. And everybody coordinated. <clears throat> so then some weekends, there were two or three events a weekend with the peak of this because everybody worked together because we understood that it's not a small pie. It's, it's not, there shouldn't be this jealous mindset. Yes, be envious in some ways because envy is a driving force. Envy is mm -hmm. something that makes you want to be better. Yes, so then a healthy envy is a good thing. But then if that is manifesting as, as jealousy and a bitterness where you feel the need to sabotage somebody else because you feel they're a threat to what you're doing, you're wasting your energy. Put your energy into what you're doing, not yeah, into what others are doing. Lane. Basically, yeah, but keep your head up and be aware there are other lanes. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're not running... and in this thing in a fucking sprint it's a marathon and in the same way you see those totally. those cliched totally. images of those guys helping i saw one recently if there was a it was a i think it was a german and a kenyan on a, in a marathon race and basically the kenyan guy through a translation error had stopped in the wrong place and the german guy could have won the race and basically the guy he stopped and, and he's pushing the fucking kenyan guy and the kenyan like what, what, uh. what and he pushed him over the line so he would win do you know what I mean? And that's where we should be. You should be pushing your fucking over that. the line. Did they ask him, like, why didn't he... Why, why didn't, didn't you he win? win? And he said something 
Can you say something along how, the lines of, well, what, what is, what's that? It's a hollow mean? victory. It's a hollow the, victory. And how yeah, can I live um, with myself? How could I look at myself? It's not a real, it wasn't a real, he, he, he would have won the race. It was just, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. and the reporter kept asking him, I think it's two or three times the reporter asked him and the guy in the end, yeah, he just, I think he walked away from him because he, he didn't get, he was like, no, but you could have won. He's like, but no, but that, that's not a win. I wouldn't have won fairly off my own back, my own efforts. And I think that, speaks massively to our culture right now people would rather win for the instagram picture it makes it it makes it worth playing because if you're going to be assholes to each other like yeah why why are you doing it the race isn't life remember this folks the race isn't life it's a tiny aspect of it and when that fucking starting gun goes and you take off when it's over and you take your shoes off and you hit the fucking showers you've got to live with these people these are your neighbors these are your friends these are your allies your countrymen these are these are other humans they are we've really got to address these mentalities of it's this weaponized neoliberalistic capitalist idea do you know what i mean whereas then yeah what are you hustling for and again when you've made your money and you've made your bank who you need friends to share that life with you're going to want people around you you're going to want a network so if you screwed everybody over to make that bank I mean, look at what happened with crypto. The sheer volume, one point something trillion, is just evaporated. Do you know what I mean? And look at the kind of people yeah, that have lost, lost that. Into the wild, and it shared. Uh, happiness means nothing unless it's shared, or is it words to that effect? I've actually I put the book that somewhere. I've never never read it, so a lot of people pestered me. I didn't know it was a book, and it was introduced to me as a movie, and it I it, changed, it was a change. It was one of those life changing moments mm. for me, or life changing movies. Um, yeah, I definitely, mm. it definitely um, helped push me along the journey that I'm on. Mm. It's, it, anything that humbles you, I think is good. And again, humility, it's the in- Instagram, Snapchat is not designed for humility. And it's, it's, it's terrible because that is such a, an important quality in but rounding you out as a human. You can have bravado, you can have ego, you can have this kind of you know, over-identification with the material realm and, and your station in life and this this perceived hierarchy. But ultimately, you're still just a, a shitting, talking monkey. You, 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 you're you nothing special. I'm nothing special. Well, I'm going back, he's going to die. And it means nothing. The impact. So when you die, people will remember you positively or negatively. And you can't really determine what they will think of you. All you can determine is how you act in that world and how you make them feel. You know, that, who's, I can't remember who the quote of it was, was saying that, yeah, people will long forget um, anything you've said to them, you know, the sound of your voice, uh, your name, but they will do, if you've done it right, they will always remember how they, you made, they made you feel. Mm. You know what I mean? That feeling, you'll remember a feeling. You won't be able to quantify it with language, but when you think of that person, something in you, resonates something lights up it you hold a part of their presence a part of their experience with you and we are all shaped i think it's a uh, chuck palnock uh, the guy who wrote fight club um, actually he said that uh, there is nothing original about me there, there is nothing new everything i i am is made from others mm-hmm. and i think that is so true that and you see the cliched image of you know the uh, the kid and it's made up of the holes taken out of the parents do you know what I mean? Um, no, I didn't see that. That's weird. Sorry, I've got a things in temporary unmuted come up on my screen, yet neither of us have been muted. Oh. Thank you, Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, it's, it's, it's just a meme, and it shows like a pair, two parents, 
and yeah. they're solid outlines, but they have holes missing out of them. And then the child is made of the holes connected together. So it's basically uh-huh. saying that the, the pieces of the parents make the child. And that's one part of it, yes. But the, it's thousands, tens of thousands of relationships. It's relationships with people you'll never meet. Some of the most... Well, impact- the, the, the two different plants are never going to be the same. Even if they are the same seed, it's never going to be the same because there's always the environmental factors. Everything's going to change. And then it, it, exactly. It's all an individual personal journey. Exactly. The exact same experiences can happen to exact same people from exact same backgrounds, la, la, la. And then, but they can just go, whoop. And that's like... Back to cannabis again. It's we're just walking, talking cannabis, baby. And that's all we. That's all we are. We're just out here, just moving through. Like we, because again, I don't understand the the drive of humanity, but I can understand the drive of cannabis. Do you know what I mean? The idea of proliferation through marriage and kids to me is abhorrent. It's it's not offensive, but it's it's quite. Uh, it's it's not for me. It's not my life. If anybody else wants to do that? Bless you. You do mm-hmm. that. We need more people to keep being people. I get that, but. I'm not in it for making new people. But then when I think of like plants and the nature and the the uh, inclinations and the drive of nature, that makes sense to me. Procreate, repeat, find better environments and maximize and then explore the genetic variability and expressions. But then when I think of humans that way, then I can kind of understand it and go, actually, yeah, we're just, we're looking for these peak cultivars in mm. humans. And I don't mean that in terms of epigenetics uh, or eugenics. I don't mean that. Don't 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 <laughs> mischaracterize me here. What I mean is that within humanity, in the same within cannabis, there arises a Girl Scout cookie, an OG Kush. Do you know what I mean? That the, there are these in cannabis terms, the cultivars, but in people there are these humans like I don't know, Martin Luther King, Mal it's off there though. There we go. Um, don't know what's happening there. Um, yeah, the, these these individuals that through their actions will affect basically everybody on the planet. Do, do you know what I mean? And it's not to say they're better or worse than anybody else. They just seem to have more of an impact on the direction of humanity. And I think the uh-huh. same is then true of, like I said, cultivars of cannabis. So I, I kind of can forgive humanity if I think about it like weed. We'll put it that way. Do you know what I mean? But then when I think of little children running around in, in nappies and screaming in car seats, and I just, that, that just, that's overwhelming to me in a lot of ways. You know, my sister's got four kids. She's carrying on our bloodline. Yeah. We're, we're fine. We're good. You know, that, 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 that blood's going. It's going to keep going. Uh, my cousin had the baby, so I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. it, 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 all, it all works itself out in the end. Interesting. So um, I suppose art, we haven't really discussed art. Um, one of the things I do want to ask was obviously it's very impactful uh, cannabis on your art. That's quite evident. Um, but I was just quite curious as to how you found, especially with the evolution of sort of getting diagnoses and understanding your own mental health, like how your neurodivergency has affected or impacted the creation of your artwork. Well, oh, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I am that. You are the neurodiverse, and neurodiverse is you. There's, you can't separate the two. Where do you start? And that begins. It's so I've, I've always been artistic. It's always how I've expressed myself. So I don't think, well, so I don't think it affects it because it is it, you know? Well, in meaning then, so you were saying before about some days you can, some days you can't with different sort of things. 
So I think they're back with everything. That's like yeah. So perfect example is this one time in school we were do it was you know PE and we were doing netball because that's what the girls did. And I no joke, every time I aimed at that hoop, it fucking went in. I got thirty six to one that game that we were playing against. I was like, what the fuck? So obviously they put me as like goal shoot. But for the next match, do you think I got one thing <laughs> in? No, we failed miserably. Like, um, there's this port, this paint, uh, pencil sketch. I'm looking at it right now. It's this tree woman with all these branches, and it's it's like I do say so myself. It's really fucking good. But do I didn't do it. My hands did it. Someone else did it. It it's a I'd like. I didn't even. I wasn't aware I was even doing it. I just pulled a piece of paper towards me, watching TV, and was just doing it and, and just started making these like sweeping mm. I don't know what I was doing I keep so like it, it wasn't me um and then the next day I was like fuck I couldn't do some more of this carry it like I do a series I couldn't I couldn't draw a normal tree let alone a tree woman it came out horrendously and it just not it, I can't do it like then um, this week I've been writing I have felt the mood to write because sometimes I'm just like <laughs> and it's like la 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 ooh la 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 and then some days like today, it comes out as la la la, ooh la la la. <laughs> I can't, it's, it, uh, yeah. So some days, um, like, put a big chunk, big chunk I'll, I'll be able to pick up a camera and I'm put doing photography work and I think can think about all of these beautiful photo shoots and I can do them and I can make them. And then other times I'm picking up a paintbrush right now, I'm, I'm on a painting mission and I can't stop painting. But then like tomorrow, it might just go again. And tomorrow I might not be able to paint again and I can't do that, but I might be lino printing and I can do some really good lino prints. And then suddenly one day I'll be like, I'm trying to do it and it's just not happening, but I'll be on the camera again. Do you know, it's just, I can't yeah. control it. It's just what my body, my hand, my head wants to do I, on that day. I um, sympathize with that quite heavily actually, because yeah, it's, it, I found that if I can lean into it, I work in quite a quantum way. So I, I start multiple jobs and again, it's just instinctive. So I then just move and I'll fluctuate and then it just looks like a car crash, but everything comes together. I'm literally doing some <laughs> projects. I've set the thing up in a triangle. I'm going, blah, 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 yeah. boop, boop, and I'm over here and then I'm over there. And I'm, yeah, I can't like, and then it all like filter down to one main one and then I'll flit about and but they, I think that's the neuro, neurodiverse. We can't stay in one. We you know we flitting about, and that, that's the ADHD. It's not a, an attention deficit. It's inconsistent attention. Mm -hmm. I think that's it's it's almost it's a for me it's 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 a boredom state uh, because of the mass amount of trauma that I suffered as a as a young and basically I I don't allow my brain. It's one of the reasons I think I consume so much cannabis and I'm quite partial to most of the drugs. Really, is I don't like a large section of my brain so anything i can do to occupy it pretty happy with you know what i mean so if it's just going off in whatever tandems you know forever just remulling over all of the information that i'm forever filling it with or directly hyper fixating and focusing into something in mm -hmm. such a way that means that i forget that i'm a human i have to eat there's a life there's there's breath there's it's like stuff and then it's almost then disappointing to remember the rest of humanity and so when I can work in that those I moments, those, those moments of just hyperfixation. So anything that so when I'm writing, same. I I don't I can't if I try and think to type on a keyboard, my hands go stupid. But as soon as I'm going like I want to do, 
I'll just thousands of words can come out sometimes. And it's just like, what the fuck? And then other days yeah. I'll have a deadline and be like, oh, I've got 12 hours to get in just 200 words on the rest of this article. And I'll do, I'll do everything. I will literally clean out the inside of the oven. I'll take out like the cupboards. I'll do everything in the world except that thing. Or I'll do, yeah. try, try and get everything done. So then I'll go, right, <laughs> now you've got nothing left in the world to do, but the easy job you should have done first. Eat the frog. You're going to eat the frog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's me all over dude it's freaking annoying <laughs> i think it's again cannabis comes in wonderfully for, uh to it for me because as long as i've got or when i've got access to a right the right spectrum of cultivars mm. it's literally and my brain will start to go out and feel something and go right if I, I, need, I need a blue turp i need some of blue that'll slow me down reduce the anxiety a bit all right i need some yeah thc i need to really just just bring the world in a minute do you know what I mean? I, I want some, so, so I want some stim- of the ones I've noticed. I'm like, oh, okay, I can work really well on that. Oh, that that I shouldn't touch. Oh, that one does that. So it, I can it, sit do, there and just, do, yeah, hyper focus. Do it because this is something uh, I've been doing. I've been advising a few others to do privately. Is because then once you've done that, you can then basically go through that list and just write, work out your primary and secondary terps, and then from mm-hmm. that you start to build a terp profile. Because yeah. again, the cultivars are not necessarily irrelevant. That's not what I mean. But in this conversation, potentially they are. It's the unique combination of the cannabinoid, the synergy of the cannabinoids and the terpenes. Mm-hmm. So there has to be that organic synergy of them growing together in the same uh, terpenoid. Whereas if we then create in these broad spectrum products and put in, yeah, even cannabis derived terpenes, CBD, mm-hmm. THC back together, yeah, there's it doesn't still, there's well. still, yeah, there's still something. But, Science, I don't know. Obviously, science, that's, that's been a lot of academics. They don't understand it. Again, you can sit on it and it'll wobble, uh, or you can still sit on it, but it's not doing quite the right job. You know, it's mm. uh, yeah. But they haven't, <laughs> they haven't calculated the mechanism for this. There's still not full consensus for this uh, for the entourage mm. effect because again, it's they can't. Interesting though, isn't it? It's interesting to watch, but it's scary. That it doesn't work, but then how? Like before, we knew about terpenes and things like that. How we were like, oh, if I eat a mango and smoke weed, I'm going to get more stoned. Where did that come from? If we would, if, like, the- we, we, we knew about terpenes. We've known about terpenes before cannabinoids. So we've been really? studying. We've been studying terpenes for a long time through foods, oh. through hops oh. and alcohol and everything else. We it's been in. It's been, terpenes are obviously the ubiquitous throughout throughout nature. It's just that we obviously have had our main introduction to them as a cannabis community because we like flavors. We like we like the the variety. We like to, you know see the the nuances and the differences in the way that the plant expresses itself it's uh, i don't know most i find that most cannabis consumers that have a real passion for it are like kids in a candy store or or they're just because they're aware there's thousands of different little varieties of flavors and tastes and experiences and they just want to get out there and and have the uh, the right to explore this but also Mm -hmm. then the consistency to know that the information they're correlating is correct because if you're just buying from your dealer goes, oh, that's Moby Dick, or oh, that's that, or oh, that's that, you're then getting wrong information. I mean, look at the amount of people at the minute that are going and talking and still talking about sativa and indica. I mean, the clinics are prescribing sativa indica. It is like the, f- the I had Francis Hall was on last week, actually, and, and I think me and him articulated it quite well. And we basically said that there is, you cannot say that this sativa or the, this plant grown as a sativa because of its taxonomy, in other words, the way it expresses itself genetically and grows, is going to give you any indication of how it would affect you. Even if I mapped the profile of it and told you that profile, I can't tell you how it will affect you. 
Whereas mm -hmm. you doing your due diligence and you understanding that those terpenes affect you this way, you as an informed consumer can go into that shop and go, I'm looking for this profile. Yeah. Whereas at the minute, they're, they're selling products still at the highest THC. Oh, this is 33, I'll buy that. And one of the reasons they're doing this, folks, if you're not aware, look at what the fuck Grow Pharma and others are doing. They're now creating a spectrum in this country, which means that the higher THC you're buying in your product, the more expensive that product is doesn't mean that that product took more to produce. They're just creating a value chain based on the uh, the volume of it. That's so, so silly. Isn't it fucking just? Because uh, so, so, you can smoke a high THC strain and not feel that high, but then you can smoke a low THC strain with this sort of terpene profile and you're on your ass. It's completely down to the terpene profile with the cannabinoid and your own personal body chemistry. But that's what they're, they're trying to they're trying to do is price people out of that THC market, which then makes me think there's maybe something to this high THC. It's like, yeah, because, all right, if it's not giving you the same sort of effects in other ways, large amounts of, of THC, uh, we know through uh, organic conversion, you are going to fucking be supplementing every part of your endocannabinoid system. You know, T THC is the, the better of the current branch cannabinoids that we have in terms of the efficacy of uh, in functioning in in the system then when you actually include cbd cbd cultivar uh, cbd cultivated into these cultivars you then get the thc lasting for longer it sits on the receptor for longer it bonds with it better do you know what i mean so okay. this, this this trying to understand the science the science of what they're trying to produce here is is it a better products and medicine or are they trying to fucking hide some it because we obviously right. know the ca the cancer conversation it's people with fecal it's it's really high concentrations of predominantly THC in these oils, uh -huh. and that is what is having the apoptosis effect on cancer cells, and is having such a a reversal of people's uh, prognosis, their diagnoses. You know, yeah. So, so it's yeah, part of me saying, yeah, they'll give us these spectrum of products. I mean, the other third part of this, I suppose, um, is combustion versus vaporization. So obviously you've seen in the past two weeks, there's a big conversation going off between Sapphire and Grow Pharma because Grow Pharma have brought in a line of non-irradiated floral products that were mm -hmm. tested for marketability by Sapphire. Um, and they basically stated that the, they don't feel that it meets the criteria for a vaporization uh, inhalation product. Um, Wait, was, was it full of mold or something? This, the, that's the, basically that is the interpretation from the statement that is made by Sapphire. Yeah, is that it, it contains too high of levels of potential molds for vaporization, and that is because if you vape something, folks, if you're not aware of this, you, you are having a higher susceptibility to mold spores, a higher susceptibility to anything oh. that is a foreign body within that plant. Combustion, yes, will destroy more of the cannabinoids, but will also destroy the vast majority of any foreign entity or object or body within that. Yes, you're inhaling carbon, but guess what THC does, folks? It's a bronchial dilator. It also helps protect the lining of the lungs. It also has anti-cancerous properties. So for all these companies that had invested in vaporization, telling you, well, the combustion of any plant matter is going to be bad for you, and then points towards tobacco studies, a fucking con men. Uh -huh. Honestly, look at the correlation of the studies around yeah, the world for the past 40 years that show that can cannabis does not cause lung cancer, does mm -hmm. not cause COPD. Look at it. And we also lower, rate, yeah, lower rates, in fact, was no in love lung cancer in cannabis. Yeah. So it's, yeah, when you when you when you take tobacco out for control, then yeah, it's so exactly it's there's more of this narrative. Remember, these are the same idiots 
that were selling you Tammy flu during the swine flu. These are the same idiots that censored, 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 censored for YouTube because I'm going to get in fucking trouble, but you know exactly what I mean in there. They're the same cunts that are now going to try and make a fortune out of monkeypox. Do you know what I mean? It's the, the, They're con men. I'm sorry. Yes, things are exist. People die and bad stuff happens. I'm not meaning to belittle or to demean or to reduce the suffering, the loss mm-hmm. of anybody. Death is death, and it is a sad thing anytime it happens, but it is also an inevitability in life. And again, not to to belittle any, anybody or anything that's gone through it, but the reaction of the system to the past couple of years versus the danger and then the, the benefit that they have reaped versus the consequence that have been felt, uh, that have befallen the, the populace. It's not about health, it's about wealth. So when these guys are now cornering cannabis and telling you that you need to vaporize it for this, that you need to get these irradiated products, that you need to get this, that you need to get that, it's not about your fucking health, people. Mm-hmm. It's about their wealth. Look at this Advent EBM. The, the but also, when well. you're that's more well. you've got to buy a device to do that. And so again, again you've got to have to. Well, like, what? How, how? How do I do that then? I can't just. You, how much is a pack of papers? And you get yeah. cardboard for free because you can rip it off anything. There's packaging everywhere. Exactly so that. You, you but, don't need money to be able to vaporize it to be able to combust. It's inter- It's interesting though. Um, that you, you say that because yeah, the the law versus what the doctors say are two very different things. And so far, of the fifteen thousand people plus in this country that have been prescribed, no one has tested this law yet, and I'm waiting for somebody to do it. So let's see what what happens here, folks. Basically, scenario: you're walking down the street with your vaporizer, la la la, your Pax type herbal vaporizer. The battery dies. Oh no, you don't have a means to charge this on you. You need to medicate. What happens if you roll a pure joint and you combust it? What does the law state? Because as far as the doctors state, they say in big fucking capital letters, we recommend, recommend vaporization, recommend vaporization. Do you know what doctors also recommend? Fucking exercise for obese people. But do obese people get criminalized if they don't join a gym? No, because the recommendation is up to you to make the decision on. A doctor makes a recommendation. It's illegal. It is against the fucking protocols in the Geneva Convention for a government and a country to force a medical procedure and intervention on a population. We've got the Second World War and the fucking intervention of the fucking Nazis to thank for that wonderful piece of legislation that has protected humanity for the better part of a century that they were trying to tear apart during, obviously, the mandatory vaccination period. Uh, during... So <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm trying hard with this episode to not get this caught up in their algorithm. Um, but yes, yeah, so it, it just, I have distrust, call me paranoid, whatever guys, but like, I have distrust in, in, in these people ruling this system. Like I said, words cast spells and create our reality and recommendation is such an ambiguous word. I have no idea how that will work in terms of a legalese context in a court of law. And that's what we need to understand because if a judge rules that a doctor makes a, 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 rec- a recommendation, it is then for the patient to make the final decision on. Because, again, the same comes down to uh, driving. So now you're 15,000 people that have got a prescription. You can, be as, you can be as high as giraffe balls when you're driving. No problem. Because you can then get swabbed. You, you Then you've got a medical defense because you've got THC in your system because of a prescription. Uh, so then it wouldn't even go to a blood test. But even if it did, you could have infinitum off the record. You could have like 7,000 parts per uh, per million uh, in your per litre in your blood. Um, I mean, you think they probably 
dead at that point. I'm not sure how the math works there. <laughs> but the point is you can have it is irrelevant. You will never then have your license revoked from you. You would if you then say the magic word, I was impaired, I was tired, I was sleepy. You have the autonomy and the authority to determine in that situation. So the same thing surely could be extrapolated to this conversation about combustion that, yeah, my doctor says I, they recommend I vape it. And I go, thank you for your recommendation, doctor. I'll take that on board. I am not going to do that, but thank you. Mm -hmm. In the same way that, uh, say, look at your uh, diazepam, something like that. There isn't a recommended way of taking it. They don't recommend taking it as a pill. They say you have to take it as a pill but you still could. I'm not saying anybody should, but you could smash that diazepam and sniff it. A lot of people fucking do. It's just quite a, a, a so-called recreational drug out in the, uh, the illicit market, you know? But that would nullify that prescription because you have the confines of how to consume that substance. Do, do you know what I mean? Whereas mm -hmm. that language does not yet exist with cannabis. So okay. I'm very curious to understand whether their recommendation, you can go, thanks for the recommendation, doc. Yeah. Cheers. Because if so, then we should all fucking get prescriptions because, again, you're not paying for their weed. It's moldy. It's shit. We've seen it time and time again. I'm not even going to have to put up allegedly there. Go to Reddit. Go to the medical slash, uh, mm -hmm. the r slash medical well, uh, forums. Recall. You can see how they see the recalls. Exactly that. It's a, it's a public record, so I'm not even worried about a clinic having an issue there. But, yeah, basically all you get is you get your little tub. And you get your magic piece of papers around the tub that says, oh, you might oh. go to your man, get the weed you like, the stuff you mm -hmm. know is safe, the stuff you, you enjoy, that. put it in your little tub, and then be able to then, with that narrative of going, roll it up your pure, and go, officer, what's happening here? Well, this says it recommends vaporization. Yeah, I, 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 I choose not to. It doesn't say it has to be vapor. It says re it recommends. Mm -hmm. So again, this language, we have to understand and unpack this language. In the same way we're talking about the nuance of legal versus, uh, um, sorry, legal versus lawful. In the mm -hmm. way, same way that we talk, I have this bee in my bonnet that medical cannabis doesn't exist, that it's prescription it's or medicinal use of. In the same way, I have this bee in my bonnet about hemp and all these other things. It's the la language is important. And until we, we either address it today or in five years, 10 years, 15 years, but eventually we have to have these conversations, people. Yeah. So yeah. bad respect, actually. I'm not going to name the person, but respect to one of the hemp campaigners the hemp cannabis as i'm gonna state uh who's now saying the words hemp cannabis basically they're trying very hard when they're working in their field to say hemp cannabis that is the concession that is the middle ground i am happy to get off my high horse if you'll say hemp cannabis because then it's not a lie you're not creating this false narrative so hyphenated idea it'd be hemp with one of those little hyphens cannabis because then it's it's not quite a compound word or a, 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 a proper noun, but it is still a, a compact, a connected word. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if we can use that hemp cannabis, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. But again, yeah, like I said, it's, it's language. This, this language is so vital and it's there, the victories that I think that we can get that if you, as long as you're smart enough, like I said, you get, let me rephrase this for any court of law that I may be seeing this video back for. Um, <laughs> If you happen to have a prescription in this country, it only can be, uh, you can only be prosecuted following uh, an accident or being stopped by the police if you self-disclose uh, self that you are tired, sleepy, or impaired. If you do not state that you are any of those things, the police officer 
nor a court of law, nor a healthcare professional can tell you or determine you to be impaired. Yeah, I think that's bright enough. Okay. <laughs> hello, hello Simper, if I'm seeing you in a court of law listening to this because somebody's decided to try and use this against me. Uh, <laughs> there's thousands of hours of these things. I'm always just trying to make sure. But uh, all I'm saying is I'm not giving, I'm not saying say this. I cannot tell you to say something. So do understand what I'm trying to say here, folks. But in a certain circumstance, if in that hypothetical scenario and situation, you have to self disclose that you are you are impaired. They cannot tell you you are impaired. Just a bit of advice there. <laughs> oh shit! Um, can I pause this a second? Someone at my door. Yeah. Wait. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah. Done. And back in the room <laughs> um so i suppose we have discussed a bit of this discussed some of this um i suppose let's talk about the the, the whale side of it then um how are you finding things down there at the minute because obviously i'm not going to name any names but i've seen some uh kind of community members have obviously had some issues with police um down in the valleys is uh is that your your experience at the minute or is it a bit chill i'm not in the valleys so Wales is in all valleys. <laughs> um, From up here, it looks I'm, like it. I'm like way out west. Uh, I don't want to jinx anything. So I haven't had an experience here with police yet. There's not many. Oh, we had police come to the door about our dog, unfortunately. Um, but he was very danky legal, so he's fine. Um, we in Cardiff, we were. I have had been arrested. Um, cannabis cultivation but and like we it wasn't they didn't come because of that unfortunately some yobs um broke into our flat and destroyed the place uh we were in the process of moving in and luckily we weren't there when it happened we were on our way with the last lot of stuff um when it happened but our new neighbors phoned the police as they, as you would and uh, the they police came and saw what was in the house. And so when we turned up, they were, are you the residents of the property? So we, yeah, um, we have experienced that. Um, but again, I think, I, but I don't, I'm not sure. I, I was, when I was in Bridgen before, I, I think it, they've got other things to worry about in cities and in, in towns and stuff, really. Um, I think that, that my partner, one of the arresting officers actually said to him, like, it's, it's silly that you're even here. It's it's stupid. Um, yeah. Um, but from what I've been told by a friend who lives further west, um, he says that some, you know, they, they've got less to do. They they work. They do, they're a bit more harder on on cannabis. Um, the further away you go from cities, but maybe I think that is that the way. With it anyway, the further we're more rural you are, the less. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't. I haven't. I haven't had any experiences with it. And then since we've, because we've only moved here uh, last year, I don't. We know one person who's local, um, and they're just you know and their own quiet recreational user. Um, and oh no, we know a couple of people. So um, I don't. I couldn't really speak to that. What the police are like here. Um, in in this part of Wales, mm. I've lived in different parts of England, but uh, again, I've just, 
touch wood, I've been until until last year when um, or last year was it last year to, to September to 2020. Um, until then, I hadn't had any. I hadn't even really been stopped. Maybe it's because like I've only recently in the past like four four years I've shaved my head, and <laughs> otherwise I look quite girly girly and you know like mm -hmm. a good girl. So I think because of that, it's and and profiling. I I've never been stopped and searched. Um, touch word again. Yeah, I don't want to jinx it, <laughs> but now I'm walking around in a big cannabis hoodie. Um, but yeah, otherwise, otherwise, like touch word, we've been. That's my only. That was my only experience with it. Was being arrested then um, for that, and because my part, I, I said I didn't want a, a lawyer or anything. I just told them it was nothing to do. It, it, it was. It was nothing to do with my partner. They were all mine, um, and I'm doing it because I've got trigeminal neuralgia. I'm ADHD. I, it, if it wasn't for cannabis, I'd just, I'd be dead so many times over. Um, and I basically said, I'm not going to stop being a cannabis user or, or supporter and et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, they got the pictures of the plants in the kitchen and they said, can you tell me what these are? So they're on the table and go, you look at her. She's so beautiful. You can't even know she's a leaf. You can't tell me she's not a beautiful plant and you're on the wrong side of history and got on my sofa and did all of that yeah. shit. And, um, but uh, there was a charity working out of the, the um, police station called pathways i believe or gateways or something like that and statistics show that women can commit crimes for different reasons and so according to the statistics i guess males are more like likely to be growing it for commercial you product you know or so or, this is what i'm guessing the stats show them which got which helped my case um and that women are more likely to be medicinal or or whatever. So, um, because of this charity step, I, I there's nothing on the record. I was released, and I had to be, on the on the conditions that I would have sessions with this this charity. And basically, she phoned me one time. Uh, she, you know, she phoned me to start the process off, and I told her again, I tried general neuralgia, so well, I'm not growing it, but I'm gonna still take it. I'm still gonna use it because it was supposed to be a some sort of counseling to get me off the drugs or or some yeah. I guess in something like that. But because I was like, my name's Buddy and it's because of my nut talks called Dank. There's reasons like I would be dead so many times over if it wasn't for this plant. So I'm not gonna stop it. And you're gonna like the yeah. So she's like, okay, fair enough. Good luck to you, babe. Bye. And I yeah. So supposedly yeah. it's not on my record. Whether they have got yes. it on my record or not, or that's what they've just told me, yeah. I'm not sure. It'll it'll show up on um an advanced background check, uh, which is something that often Jones brought up uh, when we had him on the podcast actually from from down your ends, um because it's it's basically yes yeah, it's, it's one of the checkpoint diversion schemes. So it was Durham were the first to obviously push this this mechanism forward, and it was basically an out-of-court alternative solution to uh, somebody being arrested and basically being prosecutable for a crime. So they rather have a than, black, black mark on their record and yeah. then the consequences so, of so yeah, that so black so mark so you, you, Yeah, you don't have a frontline criminal conviction, as it were, so mm -hmm. it wouldn't show up on a CRB check, but then an advanced background check will, will show this up, um, but then it'll be a decision made on it. Obviously, the fact that it's still in some way considered a conviction, uh, obviously like secondary, as it were, hopefully when the UK moves towards more sensible drug policies, expungement will be part of this package and eventually it will be removed. I mean, to my mind, we should treat, if we're going to treat them at all currently, drug convictions should be like driving offences. 
you know, it's on your record for like four years, viewable for five. Mm, that's <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's to, really, to I like that. Especially as you, you know, well, I know I'm definitely not the same person I was five years ago. I know my yeah, part, so we, whether you might have been, yeah. Yeah, there are certain offences, I think, obviously, you, you, that's a lifetime thing that it's, you should be carried yeah. with it. Do you know what I mean? If you, if you I know, think if you, that's, a, that's a really great, um, that would be great if they could do that. It just rational. It just again. It would. It would give people an actual opportunity for reform. We're not as bad as America. You know, shout out to my U.S. listeners. You, you all know what the situation is there. You get caught. Not necessarily nowadays, but if you were caught up in the system, say fifteen years ago, for a small personal possession charge, life got fucked for you. You're still denied an ability to vote. You're still denied. You know, a decent housing. You can be denied uh, social security benefits. Um, you can be denied employment opportunities like i said anything and everything there's still all of these mass restrictions in place but the point of prison the idea is predicated on reform we take these dangerous people we put them in this building and they come out lovely citizens whereas what they've actually done is they've created a cesspool full of life career criminals that they've put in there to then bully abuse manipulate coerce destroy yeah. murder rape crimes. <laughs> yeah it's it's an it's an incessant system man it's fucking insane whereas you look at someone like norway system for all it's like a bit like oh i mean they've got like a 10-year prison max you know wasn't it fucking was it anders brevik uh up in norway and he shot like 87 something like that i don't know why 87 pops out to me it was a very large number of uh sort of there were labor party youth members uh, I'm sure he only got a small amount, but like obviously, because they don't have the death penalty. Let me pull this out of my head. Uh, he killed 69 participants of a workers' youth league uh, in the mass shooting. Uh, he was given 21, he was sentenced to the maximum civilian uh, criminal penalty in Norway, which is 21 years in prison. So again, even that, like the, the the fact they put 21 years is a maximum thing. That again, if you really think about what 21 years is, you know, I'm I'm 34 this year. I can't I can't remember that far back. That's that's a that's a child. That's a that's a di- you know. I mean, I've I've been seven or eight different unique people that have pursued different ideals, goals, employment status, your relationships, mm-hmm. there's living different. You know, it's so you. I think even I mean I don't know. I mean. It's quite a, a, a difficult moral sort of argument there, but I, I do think the, the point of it is predicated on reform, that if it's done right, yes, you will punishment, the punishment has to be there, but it has to be teamed with rehabilitation, with the understanding that eventually you either build the system like this person is never going to step out of that room, they die in that cage, or you build it that no one ever stays in the cage. Mm-hmm. Both have their benefits, and I suppose, to society, and both have the consequences to society. But I suppose it's about the morals of the culture, and I suppose Scandinavian countries seem to kick the shit out of us in terms of education, driving, you know, financing, a lot of many other things. So yeah. maybe we should defer to them on this one. Uh, that's going to be quite a controversial uh, thought. Get at me in the comments below, folks. Um, <laughs> you said earlier as well, actually, with obviously using neurodivergency with the sort of uh, health conditions. Have you thought of pursuing? Have you had any inclination or drive towards the prescription system? I'm a poor person, so I can love <laughs> my cannabis. Is it like, yeah, it's so it's, it's hand to mouth at the moment. Sometimes it's 
especially with all the um, price increases, art is a luxury. Um, mm. it, it seems like people either, so my main shop's quiet, but my customs list is very good. So it seems like if you either got, you either have money or you don't have money at the moment. So people can afford to either get commissions or they can't afford to get something, you know, some artwork at the moment. Um, so yeah, I can't afford to pay the consultation fees and then pay a prescription on top just to get some crap weed, especially as I'm finding it really difficult. The, look at the moment, um, so we've started on a living soil organics journey in the garden and, and um, realize it you know and, and that started the whole thought process of if you're going to put it on your plants why would you put it in your body or why why wouldn't you put it in your body if you're not going to put it in your plants and and all of that and we're starting to remove chemicals from from our lifestyle and trying to make these changes and stuff so i've i'm, I'm i've always been super i'm hypersensitive because of neurodiversity i'm hypersensitive to pharmaceuticals and to chemicals and stuff like that and i had allergies when i was younger um so um, I'm becoming more. I'm, 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 you know, I'm becoming more informed, and I'm learning more. And I think after 13 years of 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 smoking, I have. I feel like I have got a good. Obviously, there's still lots of room for improvement. There's always is, but I feel like I do have a good eyeball and a good sense for it. I can have a look at it and be like, mm, I don't think I want to put that. I can't yeah. get on. Like just just sanitary. To like, I'm so sensitive to the point of just using a normal sanitary pad that's sold on the shelves at any of those normal brands. I end up with a rash. It is it, just for five minutes because of the crap that's in it. So I can't really be smoking. This stuff is medicine for me. I need the medicine. I don't need to get home, have a good time. I'm doing that anyway with it. It's part of, you know, it's all wellness. Oh, part was, I know. If it's bad, if it's dead, if it's moldy, if it's not grown properly, it's not medicine. So I'm not going to, I don't want it if it's not, if it's, if it's rubbish. This, I this, need this, medicine. So we need James. We need CBD James testing. We need people like him. We need more, we need more, we need less bottle. We need less organic bottle stuff when we need more living soil organics what we were talking about earlier nurturing that soil biology nurturing the soil and the planet to then produce the most nutritious delicious and medicinal medical of produce that we can not just with our well, cannabis so, with our, so, so our the, fruit and vegetables as well so i would not go to it i'm not going to go i'm not considering a prescription at this sorry go back to your original question i'm not um, considering a prescription at this time because if i can't like yeah i'm i know i'm not going to get medicine i'm so yeah no but you are that, that's that's organic. the thing that's the thing back to language you, oh, sorry, I'm not you, getting you, no, no 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 not even that you can't produce medicine Remember yeah. what's happened. Watch, look at what we've just seen for CBD for five years. Why does CBD exist as a food supplement? Why does novel food exist? Because you can't regulate cell medicines. Only the MHRA can. Once you, the pharmaceutical side of things, yes, they're producing medicines. Look at the cannabis medicines that actually exist. That's Sativex and that's Epidiolex. That is it. There's Dravenol as well. And that's, that's about it, right? But then the term of then medicine, medicine has to be produced under these strict conditions to their guidelines. So actually, the shit weed you're being prescribed is medicine, according to the letter of the language. Yet, so yet, the, yet the, the unlawful product that we're providing ourselves... Mm -hmm. That has medicinal value. Um, We're using I, that. When I said medicine in in that little rant, in that little segment, that I was meaning like all of it, like plants. Fruit, oh no, no, I get, I get, yeah, I get, I get, I get, no, I get. I'm just drawing attention <laughs> um, to the. When, uh, 
things is like Socrates said where that thy food be thy medicine, thy medicine be thy food. So, so yeah, that was Hi Hippocrates. Ooh. Is it? Oh, sorry. It was, Hippo it was from Hippocrates because he obviously that's where you get the Hippocratic oath from, the uh, from medicine. Right then. <laughs> Greek philosophy is very fucking hard, of which which begets which of Plato and and Socrates and Aristotle and yeah then, oh yeah. Anyway, where was I going? Uh, the medicine side of it. Sorry, was just to actually argue the semantic that because they're stating that only they can produce medicine again. But the joke is here. Go back to you understanding your nomenclature here, folks. So all of you people out there that are running around seeing medical cannabis. You're saying cannabis without realizing you're saying cannabis. And let me tell you how. So medical cannabis is created as two words that are uh, capitalized, right? So then they are defined in a, a, a dictionary somewhere. They're defined under a term, right? So in English, medical cannabis, two capital letters, is defined as a CBPM, a cannabis-based, oh, sorry, CBPM, yeah, a cannabis-based product uh, designed for medicinal, a cannabis-based medicinal product designed for human consumption. When you look at the uh, Misuse of Drugs Regulation 2001 Act, uh, in that it states under the glossary what a CBPM is, the first line says, is slash and or a cannabis-based product designed for human consumption. So medicinal cannabis is cannabis. So therefore cannabis is medicine. So if we can figure out that loophole of language shit there, they're yeah. basically, that's the law. Then you're saying that I can only use cannabis as medicine cannabis is medicine because your dictionaries define it as such again all of this sounds nuanced and there are people that have a go at me and just say that i'm muddy in waters and whatever else and it's no kingdoms no, rise and fall on language the system. you've got to use what they put in place against them and if that's and that's using language correctly so again if we can then fall back to that thing if then if they're stating that a cbpm is medical cannabis and i've been prescribed medical cannabis ergo i've been prescribed cannabis I can put whatever I want in that. Again, we need to test these in courts of law. We need to push these legal systems and understand this. But I guarantee there is enough fallibility, gray area, and loopholes created within the uh, juxtaposition of the legislations to get all of their friends through, all of their people through, so they're yeah. all protected yeah. and safe. You know, so the well to do Find over secret handshakes and, exactly. the, and, the, and the cheat codes as well. <laughs> exactly that. There's another one that's interesting. If you look at Proceeds of Crime Act, uh, there's a language uh, mechanism within that that basically states that it's unlawful to profit from the illicit sale of a substance. But if you created, uh, say, for example, a community interest company or a non-profit organization and none of the pro product generated profit, you're not triggering the proceeds of Crime Act, theoretically, because you're not generating a profit. The product may be unlawful. But again, language, very important. There's a lot of things to look at in terms of how we build our glossary of terms, our dictionary as a culture, so that the hemp cannabis, as we're going to call them, farmer in the field, the CBD extractor, the the the, the illegal, illicit vendor, uh, you know what I mean, the home grower, everyone, when they say a word, it's, it's a standard word that everybody knows. That's focus one. Once we've got that, then we understand how that language can be used and we can win back. That it would go, okay, the doctor recommends this. Pfft, all right, yeah, fair one. He also recommends that product, but I've been prescribed the thing. If that then nullifies the law, get everybody one prescription. Fuck the tubs. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's about, yeah. I mean, this is what the next wave of activism, I think, is it's a hybridization. There is no longer going to be just an adult consumption movement or just a, a medicinal cons consumption movement because they are the same fucking plan. Mm -hmm. The, the, yeah, the yeah. legislation is falling well apart. It's all wellness. It all it's all all for health. 
Well, yeah, exactly that. Whether it then be also a conscious decision to harm your health. I, I can make conscious decisions for my health that are negative every day. I can mm-hmm. go and eat whatever crap I want. I can go and drink whatever alcohol I want. I can not sleep for five days. I, I can make whatever decisions I want that have seriously destructive and negative consequences for me, my loved ones, the people around me, and no one can fucking arrest me for it. If I then get dangerous to a point where I'm threatening my own life or another, yes, I could be sectioned. But that, that, is, that is a long way. There's a huge spectrum of space of uh, expression that you're allowed. And that's all I want for fucking drugs. That's all I want for drugs is that you want to spend a month fucking yourself up with heroin? Go <coughs> fucking do it. If you feel that's what you need to de- tolerate this pain, to deal with this loss, to deal with this trauma, to get you through, fuck yeah. But if you then start stealing from somebody, then we're going to have an issue. So the way you do that is you regulate supplies, you create mechanisms of access, you then create access to therapy and to to, to help people when they want to be helped. Stabilize the people by meeting them where they are, then provide them the services to get them to where you want them to be. But never, never get them there by the the point of a gun barrel. Never Mm -hmm. tease them or threaten them by removing their finances and, you know, oh, we'll take your benefit away, you know, make them homeless because you're not going to let them keep their dog or whatever. It's a... Yeah, it's a pernicious system. And again, to loop back through all of this, those are the same people currently in charge of our system. So yeah, somebody out there, please figure out what the fuck is happening with recommendation. Next time you speak to your doctor at a clinic, ask them what the hell they mean. What is re- What do you mean recommend? You know, And then talk about these scenarios. I say to them, theoretically, doctor, what would happen if my vaporizer died and I happened to combust it? And then, oh, I also found out when I did that, the combustion works better for me. Am I allowed to do that? This is what we need to know so that we can start to explore these avenues because at the minute they're lining their pockets. There are big boys with big plans that are getting very rich off this right now mm-hmm. while, our, while our community members, our friends, our kin are facing prison. It's an absurdity and we have to challenge that together. That's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Told you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm looking at my notes here. I think I'm aware that we've gone on for, I think, about two hours now. But I think we've we've probably, again, as these these podcasts go, it's probably a measure of it being a good fucking show when I've only asked a couple of the questions off the page. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I suppose it just means we'll have to uh, get you back on in future. Um, Yeah, I will see yourself, I guess, this weekend. Anybody? This podcast will be out, I suppose. Nice. So it is uh for the love this weekend, put on by Bud before. Uh if you do not know folks, do check it out. Uh, you can find them on Instagram. Um, yeah, I'll be there with the stall. So we'll uh, Buddy Mary with all this wonderful art that she's working on right now. Um, so yeah, I just want to thank you for, for jumping in the hot seat. As I said, like fingers crossed, we'll pull this guest back out um for next week. And yeah, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Uh didn't go in the directions, I guess I, I would have thought it would, but <laughs> they never do. And that's again an, an indicator of it being a good fucking conversation. So um yeah, Sunday, yeah. Sun, Sunday afternoon, it's nice to have a ramble. It's lazy, it's lazy. Yeah, very much. Uh, I don't know if you see my rebranding says the new episode every week. This is literally gonna get out with a moment's notice of it being this week. Uh, but <laughs> But I do actually want to announce then, folks, since you've been you've been nice, I did actually make a note on the bottom of here of who next week's guest is. So I'll tell you, it is the legend, the man, the myth. It is Steve D'Angelo. It is a man I've been trying to get uh, on the podcast. Oh my for god! Oh, oh, oh. So, yeah, 
whilst Stevie uh, will be on uh, next week, so next Friday, oh I'll be God. sitting down with him. So yeah, so next next Friday evening or next Saturday, uh, that should be released. And then I'm going to try and get back to recording and releasing earlier in the week. Um, it's been a bit manic, obviously, settling in at the new space, new studio. I will figure out where I'm going to put all this lovely concrete back here and we'll have some nicer lighting. And yeah, it'd be, it'd be lovely. It'd be lovely. Um, I have to send you some artwork, dude, so you can get that up in the studio. Do, do. It's, it's what I wanted these little pockets for. Was like, I've got... Oh, actually, there's another plug for you. There you go. That'll be appreciated. Camping in the clouds. Uh, and obviously, we've got to cut some of these as well. Yes, I was playing the other night. Nice. So yeah, just I just want all the little things like that the, the community base that remind me. Same like fill in the poster spaces and stuff like that. And, and just... we got in, we're in the in the top trumps. Yeah, I'm buzzing with that. I'm buzzing with that. All we're right, pretty we're... good cards, dude. Huh? We're pretty good cards. <laughs> we've both we, got yeah, actually, cards. yeah. Thank you, James. I've still got room for improvements. I'm like, yes. That's ex ex exactly that. Yeah. So we're going to work on it for the next year and go back to him and go, how well then, James? I want that this goes up. Uh, all right. It has been a pleasure, Chick. Uh, I will include links to your store and to your multitude of Instagrams because I never know which one you're on, two or three or whichever these days. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for, uh, for having me. It's a pleasure. It really has, yeah. it really has. All right, folks, uh, do a little bit of housekeeping. As always, if you've enjoyed this little uh, podcast, please check us out on patreon.com forward slash simple life, where for less than a cup of coffee a week or far more than several cups of coffee a week, you can help me literally keep the lights on, pay the bills around here and uh, yeah, keep helping me up our game to keep getting these guests bigger and better and onto a yeah, bigger future. But uh, otherwise, check us out on all social media platforms at Simple Life. I have been Simper. Our guest has been Buddy Mary, and you've been wonderful folks. Peace and love. <laughs>